Zumbo, film lovers are gushing about their favorite movies on social media. Thanks to a recent prompt, which five movies would you describe as perfect? And we bought right into that. We did. (laughs) They they hook, line, and sinkered us. (laughs) (laughs) That goddamn Twitterverse, man. They did, too. That is a quote from a recent article in Newsweek magazine. Is that right? (laughs) Yes. Newsweek. Newsweek. The, the, Running out of stuff to cover. <laughs> they have they have fallen to the level of news being what people are writing on Twitter. That's now a news article. It's understandable. In I mean, it's a slow news six months out <laughs> yeah. there. Not much to talk about. Yeah, no, Not, there really isn't much to no discuss. No in-depth reporting can be happening now. No, there's no global crises to cover at this point. Not, or, not at all. No. Not at all. So we're going to talk about which five movies would you describe as perfect on Twitter? Well, as we joke about it, I'm, I was I was excited, enthralled at the opportunity to talk about perfect movies. And as I did some research, I realized I have no idea what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, the perfect movie is a myth. You know, I think yeah. uh, many of the films that I've decided on have weird edits or ADR issues or, you know, other little Piccadillos, uh-huh. and uh, so you could you could easily say not a perfect movie, but uh, just maybe something about them. <laughs> yeah, I came up with a couple things. One one definition I saw that I liked was someone said it's a movie that there's nothing about it you would change, which I thought I like was that. pretty fair. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and then another one uh, was like um, um, uh, for me a movie that like all the all the millions of variables that go into making a movie add up to make it more than the sum. You know what I mean? So it's like something that just fits together so perfectly in every way and all the little yeah. pieces and all the mistakes and all the stuff that they meant to do and all that stuff just works. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I would say that, that that's the criteria that 90% of the movies on my list, just that's that's kind of where they sit. They sit in that category. Yeah, it almost rises above itself because right. it just all fits together so well. A, a scene here or there might not be perfect, quote unquote, but the, the 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 whole is greater than the sum of its parts, making it perfect in its entirety. Right, right. And I'm sure there are a million other definitions for perfect. We were talking about per- perfect for me. You know, it's like right, a movie that's right. just, it hits me right in my feels, you know, or whatever. That's right, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think else? that'll be my, the most favorite part of this for me, we'll be getting to the, the lists of movies that are just perfect for Zumbo. Zumbo perfect movies. <laughs> I'm looking forward to those, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you probably, I mean, we've probably talked about them all by now, but, you know. Possible. Nice to be revisit. It is. It's always good to revisit a, a good or perfect movie. And, and you know what isn't perfect? What? Is the, our, uh, the way we're going to tackle this. No. Because <laughs> we have very little idea about how to format this discussion. <laughs> Well, we've done well so far. We've tried to define perfect, and we didn't do it. That's so we're, <laughs> off to a, we're off to a fantastic start. Right That's there. right. That so. is, yeah, that is us in a nutshell. Right. <laughs> let's talk about this thing. What okay. do we know now that we didn't know? Nothing. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> play uh, the on jingle. With the podcast. Right. Play the jingle. Let's keep moving. Okay. Indeed. Right. Um, and you know, we both we're talking about how difficult that was this was to do you think five perfect movies it sounds like you it would be a stretch to find five perfect movies right but i found a whole lot more than that yeah I, I did too and i had to break them down into three categories because of this you know perfect just utterly perfect is how i went and then 
um, perfect for me, as we talked about. Uh-huh. And then I have some honorable mentions that, you know, I, I think many people would describe as perfect. They didn't make my top five, but, you know, they're, they're in, they should be talked about. Right, right. And there's one interesting thing about perfect movies, I think, is it doesn't have to be a movie that you particularly like all that much. You know what I mean? Like, you can recognize it for its perfection, even though it's not one that's perfect for you. You can still, it's like a, like a supermodel. You might be like, oh my God, that supermodel is gorgeous. I wouldn't want to hang out with her for more than five minutes, but my God, you can see her physical perfection, you know? Sure, sure, yeah. And in a, in a less objectifying example, <laughs> you might there might be a piece of music that is flawless in right. its execution. Yes, exactly. But it doesn't hit you the way, you know, another piece might. Right, or a work of art, something like that, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Or a supermodel. <laughs> <laughs> there just happened to be one walking by, so that's what oh. happened there. Should we hold on? <laughs> no, I was kidding. There wasn't one walking okay. by. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Don't get a lot of those in my neighborhood. No, I don't imagine you do. No. Soccer moms, yes. Super soccer moms. Yes, super soccer moms. That's what the (laughs) land of soccer moms you live in. That's where they come from. (laughs) It's where they migrate to. It's their Mecca. That's right. It's where you live. (laughs) All right. So let's start. Let's get going. Let's dive in. I'm ready to Reddit roll. Now, so should we build up to the to the final five like the utterly perfect and my final five perfect movies. oh you know yeah that's that's, that's probably good the podcasting, way buddy i Thank was you. just gonna start with my my most perfect movie but i think <laughs> i think <laughs> i think you nailed it <laughs> okay i think you nailed it all right well let's give give us some give us something give us one i'll go i'll start with so i'll save my zumbo perfect ones for the end end since they oh. don't really matter okay and i'll start with my honorable mentions okay great that, how's that sound that sounds good Okay, honorable mention. Many people describe this one as a perfect movie. I, it might be. Um, it's only an honorable mention for me because it's not quite as perfect as the five on my list. But the, uh, the, the great film Back to the Future. Oh, sure. Often described as the perfect movie. Yes, it often is. That's right. Hard, hard to find a flaw in it. I'll be honest. Absolutely. Technically <laughs> flawless. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. 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 Then the performances are great. The script is great. It all comes together. It's a twist and turns. It's fun. You know, it's just so fun. It, yeah. Every frame is enjoyable. Yeah. You're on the edge of your seat sometimes. That's right. It's Zeme- great. Zemeckis is really good. I mean, I think Zeme- he might yeah, be directed by Zemeckis. Underrated. Who we know, did, did Contact and Flight and Forrest Gump. Great, great films all. Yeah. Um, I think he's a little won un- an Oscar for the best effects at the time. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Was nominated for best writing, best actor, best screenplay, best song. Didn't win any of those, but you know, it was in the conversation. I also want to throw out he did uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, another great movie. Oh I yeah, mean, Bob Zemeckis. Yeah, right, this guy is so underrated. I think he's a terrific filmmaker. I think you're right, and I, he also ensured that no one could touch Back to the Future until he was dead, which is a genius move. That is genius. So we won't like have nobody can make any any. Sp- prequels or sequels or any bullshit yeah you know i mean it's a universal property because i know that i know the only know that because there's like a back to the future ride at universal studios in florida yeah for sure for sure so i guess disney wouldn't be able to buy it probably but you know they'd be milking the shit out of that thing if uh if, if it they wasn't could for him. yeah 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 for sure all right that's a good one that is a good one i have another little tidbit if i may please uh i thought i found this very uh uh interesting and it relates to the podcast our podcast in in some ways um when marty first arrives in 1955 he crashes into the the farm of old man peabody who you may remember who has a son who he calls in the film calls him sherman 
This was a tribute uh, to this segment uh, in the Bullwinkle show, the television series, Peabody's Improbable History. Right. Uh, featuring the intelligent talking dog, Mr. Peabody, and his boy Sherman, who right. traveled through times in history using the Wayback Machine. Yes. And uh, this is an allusion to Doc Brown and Marty and the DeLorean. That's great. Isn't that great? That's a fun little Easter egg. A lot of a lot of perfect movies go into like immense detail in these things, and it's like you, they are unassailable in ways. That's right. And I like that was we we had just discussed the Rocky and Bullwinkle show, and yeah, and we couldn't come up with Peabody and Sherman if I remember correctly. No, we, we did. We like, couldn't. Duh, but, we, duh, we were, but we were standing on the precipice, hollering into the void about it. <laughs> <laughs> that counts. Totally. <laughs> All right. Um, so what I did with my list was I, I, I was having so much trouble getting down to five that I broke it down into genres. Okay. I like how sort of you did this. Organize it a little bit. So I I'm like just going to randomly pick a genre and pick one of my movies that didn't make the top five. Great. Uh, so just so we can talk about it. Great. So I'll pick a comedy, kind of like Back to the Future is a sort of comedy, right? Sure, sure. But for my comedy choice, I picked Some Like It Hot oh. by Billy Wilder. Yeah, sure. I saw that once a while back. Oh, so good. With our friend Jack Lemmon. Indeed. Tony Curtis. Indeed. It is a hilarious movie. Of of the comedies, to me, it's like it's like a perfect comedy. I mean, it's just so well-structured and so well-written and performed. Yeah. And it's just Marilyn Monroe. I mean, come on. It's perfect. I mean, hubba hubba. <laughs> <laughs> Does, it never hurts any film. No. <laughs> and, you know, she, I mean, she gets a lot of shit, but, but she was brilliant on screen. I mean, she's just so good, especially in this movie. I think she's yeah, fantastic. Does, does she get a lot of shit? I mean, Elton John wrote that song. People love her. They do love, they love her as, for a, as a person, but I think as an actress, people think of her as, as not great because she usually played like a dumb blonde character. Right. Didn't get the credit she deserved because she looked so fetching. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that was of the era, I guess. Yeah, that's right. And, and she yeah. was so good at playing that stereotype that people thought she just was like that right yeah there's another thing back in the in the 50s they they weren't able to really differentiate character from from actor much <laughs> not as good as we do it today and yeah well i think the studios back then the studio you know people belonged to a studio and the studios Definitely. pumped out that image of them right. and they had to kind of right. live with it you know so indeed anyway but some like it hot i love it if you haven't seen it check it out great movie that's great i love it Nice one, buddy. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, next up in my perfectly honorable mentions list is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Hey. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a great movie. The great 1981 film, Oscar winner for art direction. Yep. Best sound and best editing visual effects. And it's, 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 it is a, uh, I, may, I may come back to that one later uh, oh. because it is so good. It's it, it's damn near perfect, <laughs> or better. Well, I won't say, I won't say much else about it except you know Spielbergo. Yeah, and Lucas right? together, and, and Lucas together again. Right. Um, and then your your writer was Lawrence Kasdan of the Big Chill and Wyatt Earp fame. Yeah, he's a great screenwriter. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to continue to shout out the writers because I think that's a lot of what is makes a perfect movie for me. For sure. Um. And yeah, and and Raiders is just we. I mean, Raiders has been talked about ad nauseum. So everybody knows Raiders. Yeah, everybody loves Raiders. <laughs> but I have a little tidbit that I thought was really fun. Okay, good. The, the, in in Raiders alone, uh, Harrison Ford was given over thirty bull whips. <laughs> 
to use, ranging from six feet to 16 feet in length, which answers a huge question in my head. Like <laughs> the one issue I had ever watching that movie, even as a young guy, I was like, that the whip wasn't that long like two scenes ago. It just wasn't. <laughs> yeah, the famous growing and shrinking whip. <laughs> the growing whip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there you go. Raiders. Nice. Throw me the whip. <laughs> Give me the idol. <laughs> Right? Yeah, great movie. Yeah. All right, I'm going to uh uh I'm going to parry your Raiders of the Lost Ark with another action film. Oh, I like when you parry. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I love it. And this is a movie that I know you like and okay. it didn't quite rise to the level of absolute perfection for me, but I can't deny it's a perfect movie and that's Die Hard. Die Hard. Yeah. Oh. We might be discussing this again later. <laughs> I thought that might happen. <laughs> <laughs> Hence my parry. Indeed, indeed. Okay, well, I won't say much more about it, but uh, but yeah, I mean, perf- perfect action movie. You know what I mean? Summer action movie, popcorn, diehard. Uh, uh, it, it, it introduced us to, a, a, a redefine the genre. It really did. It is, is a landmark, p- perfect action film, has yeah. everything you need, even some things you don't even know you need, and it gives it to you. <laughs> It's free. it's just phenomenal. I can't, yeah. you know, I can't talk enough about it. I know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll, I'm sure we'll come back to that one. Indeed, we will. All right. <laughs> uh, next up on my uh, perfectly honorable mentions list is a little film called Amelie. Oh, Amelie. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I real I really believe this approaches perfection in so many ways. All right. Um, you know, I wanted to get a foreign language film on the list. I didn't want to seem so jingoistic. <laughs> well done. Uh, and Amelie is w- my favorite of the last 20 years that I've seen. I haven't seen a lot, but it's just, it's just, it's utterly genius. It's visually stunning. It's quirky. It's funny. It's well thought out. It has, it has bits that you can't see coming. It's just, it's, it's so adorable. It's so fucking adorable. <laughs> it is. It's like magical. You know what I mean? It like, is. Yeah. It's mad. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. It is cinematic magic. Yeah. I, I remember seeing it many years ago when it, when it was, you know, when it came out or whatever. And I haven't seen it since, but I, I do remember, you know, it, it casting its spell on me for sure. It is. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say t- I watch it probably once a year just because it's so goddamn delightful. Yeah. It is that for sure. It really is like brightens my heart yeah. in some ways. Yeah. You know? Yep. That's a good one. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. That's, uh, by the way, that was directed by Jean-Pierre Genet. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Written and directed, by the way. Oh, good. Um, yeah. He's a, he's, a, he's a French filmmaker of some renown. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you go. Amelie. Amelie. Very good. And thank you, Audrey Tattoo. Right. Or Tatao for being... Mm, I don't know, the perfect woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just cute. throwing that out there. Just so cute, right? She's just, cute. like you said, uh, adorable. Just everything. Yeah. Like what you, yeah. you name, runs the gamut. Right, right, right. Runs the gamut. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come at you with um, a Western. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, you know, westerns can be good. They can be bad. They can be ugly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's some really great ones out there. Uh, you know, there I f- really are. I flirted a lot with uh, a Sergio, Leo- Sergio Leone. Um, Once upon a time in the West, I think is like damn close to perfect. That would have been good. Yeah. Yeah. But the one I actually went with is the Searchers. Uh, now I have not seen the Searchers. Oh, 
called. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so good. I do have a, I have a little list that I, I knew this was going to happen, and so I have a little notes on my on my laptop at the moment. I'm going to write down everything you picked is perfect that I haven't seen. Okay, this is great. I can't wait. Yeah, The Searchers is a John Ford film starring John Wayne. Um, I will give you the movie because I, I love it so much, and I will make oh, sure. Oh, you will? Yeah, I'll make sure that you watch it because, I ha- of oh, course, I have it in my collection, so I'll course. make sure to get it to you. Uh, it's from 1956, and it's about an American Civil War veteran, John Wayne, who is on a, a journey to rescue his niece who's been kidnapped by some Comanche Indians. And it has some... S- Really, uh, the photography, of course, is beautiful, and the story is great. It's an epic journey that these guys go on. And it what what I love about it is it has sort of this, not what I love about it, but the, John Wayne's character is about as close to, I think, what the real John Wayne was like <laughs> in life. As, so as, not, not a nice guy? <laughs> exactly. Not a nice yeah. guy. And incredibly racist against Comanche Indians. <laughs> And and that's what makes this movie so interesting is this there's yeah. this this racism aspect that still resonates today when you watch the movie. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's a great film. I highly highly recommend it. Written, oh, I love that. Written by Frank S. Nugent and Alan LeMay. Ooh, yeah, it's a great. Double movie. dipped. Has some iconic shots in it that you'll recognize from like cinema history. It's a great great movie. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. You think I will? I think so. Yeah. Well, that's great. I can't wait to watch it. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm so enthralled by the prospect of watching some of these per, quote unquote perfect movies that I haven't seen yet. I think you'll like that one. I think you'll really like The Searchers. And I want to. I also want to say, you know, uh, kudos to you for uh, picking movies outside of the '80s and '90s. <laughs> <laughs> I was unable to do that. <laughs> well, you know, I like me some classics. No, I do, and I think that's you know that's a good give and take that we have, yeah. and it's a good give and take for this episode. Totes. Uh, next up on my perfectly honorable mentions list is a little animated film called Spirited Away. Oh, Miyazaki. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hayao Miyazaki. Oh, that's a great movie. I remember seeing Spirited Away. Really good. I really believe that it's perfect. I just, you know, the animation is, it's amazing, but I, I wouldn't call it perfect. I would just call it like perfectly flawed in a way. Right. Um. But it's it's damn near perfect. It's re- it's just a beautiful film. Well, that guy is just a creative genius. I mean, he yeah. Just, if you don't know Miyazaki, it's Howl's Moving Castle and Princess Mononoke are are both things you'll want to see. Also, if you haven't seen any of these, they're beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful rolling stories. <laughs> you, beautiful stories with with more morality and and a heart that you just you just can't. You can't not embrace. Right. And these are movies that like you have to watch as a child. You know what I mean? Like they tap into your subconscious and your inner child in a way that other films don't. Well, I mean, yeah, Spirited Away, I was obviously an adult when I saw it. No, but I mean, you, you at, but you're watching it as an adult, but you're in your mind. It's tapping oh. into your inner child is what I'm saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, because uh, yes, it, indeed. Because it reaches your subconscious on another level than uh, many other movies. Dare I say it even helps you get back to your inner child exactly. if, in fact, that, that's been an obstacle for you in your life. Yeah, yeah, they're great. They're great. It, great it really taps into that, gets you there. It's, yeah. it's a phenomenal film. I can't say enough about it. So cool. Excellent. All right, now, uh, how about some horror, a horror movie? You have you have perfect movies in the horror genre? I have one. This, <laughs> how about that? <laughs> there can only be one. That's right. Uh, and I might, not even, I might not even agree with this, but I can't wait. I hate horror not. movies, as you know. Yeah. 
Uh, so what was a perfect horror movie? For me, it's The Shining. The sh- of course. Is of course. I guess that's, I don't really consider that horror. It, it obviously is. Right. But it's not what I think of when I think of horror movies. Right. And that's what makes it so great, is it's yeah. a horror movie that takes you by surprise at every turn. You know, it, it, yeah. you, you never know what's coming and it keeps you guessing and... Yeah, uh, I, I'm terrific. sure it set the standard. Every time somebody said horror movie for the next 20 years, somebody was like, well, is it like The Shining? Right, <laughs> right, you exactly. Yeah. exactly. And I, I didn't watch The Shining for years because when I was in college, somebody once said to me, hey, have you seen The Shining? I said, no. And they said, oh, it's the scariest movie I've ever seen. Uh, right. And they scared me out of watching it. So I, yeah. <laughs> for decades, I avoided watching The Shining because I thought I would be scared. And then I yeah. watched it. I wasn't scared at all, but I was enthralled. I was just Indeed. absolutely just pulled into this world. And it's just so damn good. Of course, it's directed by Stanley Kubrick, who Kubrick, also... Kubrick, of course. Uh, you love Kubrick. I You're do love Kubrick. Yeah, I had guy. to have a Kubrick on here. It was, it was yeah, hard to sure. pick one because his movies are so imperfectly perfect. You know what I mean? Like there's, it, Sometimes Indeed. it seems like he throws in imperfections just to mess with your brain. Yeah. And uh, he wrote the screenplay along with Diane Johnson, based loosely on the novel by Stephen King. And by the way, Stephen King hates this movie. <laughs> he hates the Does shine. he really? Yeah, he thinks it's terrible. Because yeah. it's not exactly like what happens in the in the novel. I feel like he has a problem with a lot of the films that they made out of his stories. Well, they're, I, they're rarely as good as the book, right? I mean, I get it. Sure, sure, yeah. But this is one I think that surpasses the the novel. You know, I just think this movie has a life of its own, and it's just so creepy and good, and just mm, I love it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I love it. Uh, next up on the perfectly honorable mentions, the final final movie in this category for me. Uh huh. Uh, and just on the cusp, like on the motherfucking cusp, like just <laughs> like it was <laughs> like it was uh, this one was it was pushing and pulling the whole time <laughs> to get this one into the top tier list. But the it, it's the top in the honorable mentions list. It is the Princess Bride. Oh, sure. And my uh, my heart just goes a flutter even saying the title. Yeah. Yeah. Great movie. You know? Yeah. Great uh, movie, Shelley. Yeah. <laughs> It's only nomination in the year that it came out, 87 that is, was for Best Music, which I find uh, an abomination. That's crazy, because the screenplay by William Goldman is one of the best ever. William Goldman, yeah, I'm going to get to him in a second. Uh, Directed by Rob Reiner, who who we know from a a thousand great films, but Stand By Me, When Harry Met Sally, A Few Good Men. These are all Reiner movies, and they're all phenomenal. Each one of them could have been a perfect movie. Like, I... Stand By Me is damn near a perfect movie in my mind. It just didn't make my list. Yeah, When Harry Met Sally is close on the uh, rom-com area. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And A Few Good Men. I mean, it has its flaws, but we love it. I, oh, I could yeah. never turn it off. I mean, no. <laughs> if the criteria for that is like if you're flipping by it and you see Loudon Downey, <laughs> you're sticking <laughs> in there. You're staying right with it. And eminently quotable. I mean, yeah, it's just a great movie. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and and yeah, as you as you mentioned, William Goldman, uh, a legendary screenwriter. Oh, this guy was so good. Uh, All the President's Men, Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid. Um, uncredited for making Goodwill Hunting the script that it was. Those two guys didn't write that fucking movie. No, no. No. It was it was secret secretly it was William Goldman. Yeah. Um, who also did some rewrites on A Few Good Men, which I under, as I understand it. Oh, interesting. He also wrote novels. I mean, he was like, he was just an incredible writer, this guy. He yeah. Was terrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, turns out that, that Inigo, Inigo Montoya was Mandy's favorite role ever, and that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's saying a lot. Like, yeah. You know, that's a lot. Stage and screen, favorite role ever. I mean, come on. Yeah. 
He claims to this day people still come up to him and quote the line. You sure, know? of uh, course. Yeah. Um, and another fun little tidbit I found in my research is that <laughs> Andre the Giant, as a child, too big to ride the school bus in his village. Um, and he, so he had to get driven to school by a neighbor who had a big truck. <laughs> that neighbor was Samuel Beckett. Come on. Samuel Beckett drove Andre the Giant to school. <laughs> Every day as a kid. Because he had a huge truck-like vehicle. Oh, my God. Is that insane? <laughs> and as I understand it, uh-huh. Andre the Giant was one of those kids who was always like running late. So Sam- Samuel <laughs> Beckett you know, was always waiting outside endlessly for him to come. And he was like, shall I yeah. go? Shall I not go? Shall hey, I go? Waiting for yeah. Andre. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That is insane. That is it is crazy. utterly insane. I, I, and the, the the confluence of of absurdity there in that truck is just beyond. <laughs> it's beyond my comprehension. Like, like, it really is. Was Beckett like happy to do this, or was he like drive his fucking giant to school every day? <laughs> God damn it! You know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say driving this fucking giant to school? <laughs> I love yeah. that. And this fucking giant got this fucking giant, giant in the back of me truck all day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I literally couldn't believe it, but it, it I vetted it. It's it's uh, That's both awesome. parties have corroborated. That is so awesome. Is that crazy? That's so good. Anyway, not not a piece of trivia for the movie, but a fun little thing. That's a uh, that's a highlight of the episode right there. You you, you that was fantastic. There it is. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's go to uh I'm going to go to a a drama. A nice Ooh, drama. Yeah, we, yeah, we could. Yeah, we. I was going to say most of the movies that people deem perfect were dramas or thrillers. That's true. A lot of them are. Yeah. And I was hoping that we would both uh, contribute to the the brilliant comedies that we've seen, and we have mostly <laughs> already. Quite a few. Yeah, you more than yeah. me. I've only really brought one, maybe. Right. Right. Uh, but for this movie is, and this is a small movie. A lot of people may not know this. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. Okay. Uh, it's from the sixties. I get the exact year for you. Um, but it stars our good friend um, uh, Sidney Poitier from 1965, uh-huh. and the film is called A Patch of Blue. A Patch of Blue. Now, you've talked about this film to me before. This is a great... I love this movie so much, and it's, it, it is one of those ones where the, the sum is greater than the parts. Yes. It's a little movie. It was uh, uh, nominated for a couple Academy Awards. The the um, It's based on... A novel by this woman named Elizabeth Kata, who was uh, an Australian novelist, uh, written and directed by Guy Green. Um, Guy Green, yeah, Guy Green, that's a name and a half, yeah, and and whose movies, you know, don't leap out at you when you say the name Guy Green. I can't think no, of another I, Guy no, Green I film. Could, I could not pull a green joint, yes. to save my life. Shelley Winters won an Academy Award for this movie, playing uh, the overbearing mother of a blind girl, who. Uh, randomly meets up with Sidney Poitier and then they develop this relationship. And it's, it's a, it's, it's about racial uh, justice and social justice and love. And what does that mean? And love is blind. The girl is blind. You know, it's just a beautiful little movie and it's like <laughs> a, a roller coaster of emotion from beginning to end. It's fantastic. Love is blind. The girl is blind. <laughs> <laughs> Was that on the poster? No, it wasn't. <laughs> The poster says, a man, a girl, captives in their own worlds, finding escape in each other. Oh, they missed an opportunity with uh, (laughs) love is blind, the girl is blind. That's fantastic. (laughs) Well, I'm an innovation. That's what I do. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love it. That's actually very mammoth-esque character. Like if a mammoth character was describing a patch of blue, <laughs> right, right. he might say, love is blind, the girl is blind, so forth. Blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. yeah blah, blah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. Movie. Yeah. Check All right. Well, I have, I have broken the threshold between honorable mentions and perfect movies. Oh, wow. I'm now into the fifth rated perfect movie on my five perfect movie list. Wow. Okay. This one out in 1992. Oh, same year as uh-huh. Glengarry Glenn Ross. A Best Actor Oscar winner. Uh-huh. I see where you're going. Y- okay. You got yeah, it yeah, now, yeah. right? Hoo-ya! Um, booyah! <laughs> Hoo-ya! Hoo-ya! All right. I don't... Who told you to do that? <laughs> who... Did anyone ask you to do that? <laughs> hoo That's it. hoo hoo That's right. Hoo-ah! And there's it? one... There's one... It's Son of a Woman, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> there's one... At the drunken Thanksgiving table where he just goes, <laughs> right, right. <Where> he's <laughs> and I fucking love that one. <laughs> the one where he's sad, right? He has like a meltdown and then he's yeah. just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't have the strength left. <laughs> right, that's great. <laughs> so this was directed by a fella named Martin Brest, who oh, I yeah. had never heard of until this movie. He'd done some good stuff, as I he remember. Had, he had done Midnight Run, yeah. Beverly Hills Cop, Meet Joe Black, and unfortunately, Gili. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to pay the bills, don't we? Yeah, right, exactly. Um, written by a fella named Bo Goldman, who oh. also wrote One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which oh. I, knew y- I know you're a huge fan Great of. movie, yeah. Yeah, um, and th- I just, wa- this movie, I saw it in the theater, I saw it a d- half a dozen times at least. Like, I just, I couldn't, it was at a time where I had some expendable income and a lot of free time, and Pacino <laughs> was my guy, and I just kept going back to see it. Like, and every time I liked it better than the last time I saw it. Yeah. It's it's an utterly perfect movie to me. It's really good. And it, it, it packs an emotional punch on, on various levels. You know, it's super satisfying because, like, you, you, you get to the end and then there's this big victory. And it's like, oh, it's just it's just great. And Pacino, no stranger to to massive end of film monologues that that sort of really culminate the, the emotional journey. Uh, this one may be better than any of the other ones. The, yeah. the 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 end of the end of movie speech he gives at, in the, I mean you know the the standing ovation notwithstanding, because <laughs> uh, most of those kids wouldn't give a shit. But like it, it's it just is so moving to me. It gives me the little it stand you know the hair stands up every time. Yeah, yeah. And the whole the whole cast is great. I mean Chris O'Donnell has never ever been anywhere near as good as he is in this movie. I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman as a Weasley little punk, you know what I mean? Is great. Yeah, I mean he's great. They're all great. Yeah. All those all those asshole yuppie kids are great. That guy who plays the 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 schoolmaster or whatever, he's great. James Reborn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Reborn. Old, like, have you ever seen that guy play a nice man in a movie? No, no. I mean, look at him. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I got a few little tidbits if you'll allow me. Sure. This one. Uh, Pacino would often remain in character offset using his cane to walk and never looking at anyone when he spoke. I think that's hilarious. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I do too. Uh, The Pacino and Gabriel Anwar tango scene uh, was rehearsed for over two weeks and the scene took three days to shoot. Wow. Because, you know, he has to look good at it. You know, like if if you're just learning to tango. Yeah, no. You have to look really good at it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes two, as we know. Right. (laughs) 
and they, I, I just like a three day tango scene might drive me mad. Like that's the thing about movie making that sometimes we forget in their, in how perfect they are and how much we love them. You know, he probably was there eight to nine for three days yeah. <laughs> shooting a tango scene. Yeah. Endlessly. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and not only that, but that's a big scene. So you have the band, you have the, all the people in the restaurant, you have a million right. extras. You know, and if one of those extras is like clinking their water glass at the wrong time, you right. know, we might have to go back and do it again. You know what I mean? Exactly. So it's, uh, yeah. Or, yeah. you know, or if Al doesn't look blind for a second because <laughs> right. he's doing a dance that he hasn't done ever before. Like, <laughs> right. You know, and he's looking down at feet or whatever. I'm sure that like there was a, an impossible scene to shoot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Three days. Yeah, that's I mean, a long time. Good on you, Martin Brest. Right. That's a tough one. These li- I find these tidbits fun. I'll try to steam through them. Pacino originally turned down the role several times. Um, Nicholson was asked. Harrison Ford was asked. Dustin Hoffman was asked. Joe Pesci was asked. I can't imagine Joe Pesci in this role. <laughs> Hua. <laughs> that make you laugh, huh? Hua. When I say Hua, is that funny to you? What am I clown you? Because I'm blind. Hey, I'm in the dark here. <laughs> <laughs> that's Joe Pesci. I mean I can see Nicholson and Ford and even Hoffman but Pesci is a hard time for me yeah that's a tough one and uh, the Chris O'Donnell role that you that you uh, 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 incredibly um, rightfully stated was his best work uh, was also offered to Affleck and Damon because I guess they were a, they were a duo at the time <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Fraser Cole Hauser Anthony Rapp the great Anthony Rapp oh all, all uh, red for that role, and we're, we're all superseded by Mr. Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell really has like this that um, he has the entitlement, and he, uh, yet he has this like naivete. I mean, he really, yeah, he's really vulnerable it. and humble, but he also, yeah, I mean, he, he was perfect for that role at that time. Perfect. Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, in sure. this perfect movie, he was perfect for that role. Yeah. Um, Pacino says, "Hua." Um, or a variation of it exactly 10 times, which I thought was a really low number considering how it's been lampooned over the years. That is low, yeah. Interesting. Right? 10 times. 10 times only. He really makes it uh, makes each one really its own thing. Indeed. And it is the only Best Picture Oscar nominee not nominated in either the support acting categories. Huh. That's pretty interesting, right? That is. Yeah. Yeah, there really isn't another role in that movie. It's just the two of them, mostly. It's you know, mostly two of them is small, a lot of yeah. other small roles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Interesting. Well, I'm glad we went back to back blind people movies there. That was good. That's fun. <laughs> we should do an all blind people movie <laughs> <Night>. podcast. <laughs> oh man. All right. I love it. All right, what do you got? What do you got? Okay. I'm What's st- the genre? I love that you did genres. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I still haven't gotten anywhere near my top five yet. So hang in there. Uh, uh, let's I'm go in to, my top five. Let's so, go. Yeah. I know, but you've got your Zumbo specials at the end. I do have my specials. <laughs> so, okay. So I'm going to go to Suspense. Ooh, I love Suspense. Yeah, so one of the perfect Suspense movies to me uh, is um, made by great director Jonathan Demme. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Lots of great acting in this movie. Things are swirling. Based on uh, a, 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 a novel. Titles are wisping around in my head. Uh, and of course, it's from 1991. 91, my favorite year of movie making, <laughs> based on the novel by Thomas Harris. Okay, not helping. Um, stars Jodie Foster. Uh huh. And uh-huh. one Anthony Hopkins. Right, right. The Silence can't, of the Lambs. Can't keep those lambs quiet. Goddamn it! <laughs> you sure can't. <laughs> yeah. 
this movie is like uh it, it it surprises me every time i watch it how good it is i mean yeah i did just... a little two-step on this one on the list off the list on the list off the list yeah it's it's that good it really is great and, yeah and, and again it's one of those ones where everything just comes together perfectly you know like jodie foster and, and anthony hopkins have this great chemistry even though they're only in a couple scenes together you know what it's i mean so and good it is such a great movie god damn it yeah it's great Clarice. Yeah, he's great. And then the, the the climactic scene with the in the dark with the with the night vision. I mean, it's just like oh, that yeah. could have been that could have been a train wreck that night vision scene, right? But it winds up being so perfect, such a perfect so ending perfect. to the movie. Yeah, it's 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 and, and the Buffalo Bill guy could have been. I mean, that could have gone that could have gone horribly wrong. and yeah. didn't. It was yeah. creepy and terrifying as it should have been. And he's so real. Like you see him in the scene where he's pretending to have a broken arm and he abducts the other girl. Right. And he's like trying to get the chair into into the van. He's like so perfect in that scene. It's like, and then and then he's back at the house where he's being all creepy. You, you totally buy it. Like there isn't a moment in that movie where you're looking at that guy like, come on, he's not a psychopath. It's you true. Know, even the even the I'd fuck me part. You're like, <laughs> ooh, yeah, <exactly. laughs> oh <so> man. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, oh it's great it's really great how that guy didn't walk away with an oscar i don't know because every uh, time i watch agreed. that movie i'm like he's ridiculously good agreed guess, and he's in tons of stuff like his imdb page is bananas yeah he's, he's but it's all it's always just like little stuff here and there like he he was he, i don't think we ever saw him in anything as prominent as that i know jamie gum he's just yeah, the best that's right that's yeah that's his name i often yeah. forget his name even <laughs> ted levine was the actor Oh, okay. All right. Mr. Levine. <laughs> you think they called him the machine around they the They probably side? did. Yeah. Ted the yeah. Machine Levine. Yeah. <laughs> Ted the around machine. Hollywood, that's what he's known as. I love him. I love him. He's great. Uh, yeah, that's a great choice. I, there, there's not enough good things to say about that. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Oh. Stanza says time. Watch it a million times. You won't be bored. That's right. right. Yeah, that's great. Um, this is, a, I'm sure, a movie that w- is on. It's on my perfect movie list, and it w- probably wouldn't make anyone else's. And I'm proud about uh-huh. this. Oh, I like that. Okay, this is a 2002 Oscar winner for cinematography, which is a huge clue as to why this movie is perfect because it is beautiful. It okay. is a filmmaker's wet dream in terms of the visual stimulus you'll get from it. Okay, it's a little film called Road to Perdition. And <laughs> Mr. Sam Mendes, I think, <laughs> who was not Frank Darabont at any time <laughs> during the shooting of that film. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's my favorite moment of your chagrin. I have to keep bringing it up. And that's not why it's on the list. It's just a happy byproduct, I assure you. <laughs> no, it's a great movie. It really is. I mean, it's, it's an incredible movie. I love every single shot and every shot. Some of them are... There's one shot that is literally like 13 minutes long. And wow. it's fucking beautiful. It's yeah. a beautiful film. Yeah, it is. I just, I get lost in it every time. But between the score and the cinematography, I can't, I, I can't function if that movie's on. I'm just, I'm lost in it. Yeah, and the acting is great. I mean, Tom Hanks, who I always thought is a little miscast in that movie, but he's great. He, but it not, though, right? Like, right, yeah. yeah. You, when you, if you read the synopsis and then you say Hanks, you go like, well, but... Man, does he pull it off? Yeah, he totally overcomes that for sure. I mean, it's it's a you know it's really a film about the father and the and the child and their right. journey together and that relationship and who better than that? To, yeah, you know, he's the nicest guy in Hollywood. Yeah, the, the little boy is great. Uh, Jude Law is fantastic as the creepy oh killer guy. Oh my god, I love Jude Law in that movie. Oh, he's so good. 
so good. And Paul Newman, also fantastic. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, so I'm going to get into it. So we got, you know, Sam Mendes, who uh, in my mind is one of the best out there. He did Skyfall 1917, which was just huge. Yep. Uh, American Beauty, which we love and talk about all the time. Yep. Sam Mendes, great. Yeah, um, American Beauty would be a contender, a contender for perfect movie. American Beauty, for sure, a contender for I would for say that movie. could make a list. I wouldn't, I wouldn't scoff at it. I, not nor would I. In any way. Nope. Um, uh, but The Road to Perdition, written by David Self, who didn't. Didn't do a lot before or after, huh. um, but really, and I think maybe if it was just the script that I was talking about, I'd be like, not perfect. But when you add the score and the cinematography and the, just the shots, I just it's a perfect movie to me. Yeah, um, it is the final theatrical live action acting project for Mr. Newman. We never saw him again on screen after that. Right. I think it was his Cars movie that was the only thing that he did post Road to Perdition. <laughs> His little voiceover in the Cars franchises. Right, right. Right. Um, the movie is dedicated in its credits to cinematographer Conrad L. Hall. This was also his final feature film. Oh, wow. Um, and he posthumously won that Oscar, and rightfully so, because it's fucking beautiful. Yeah. And I'm sure Mendez was able to describe what he wanted, but actually pulling it off was probably, you know, all credit goes to Conrad in my mind. Yeah. And a fun little tidbit is the diner where Tom Hanks and Jude Law meet. That's Michael O'Sullivan and McGuire. They meet at the diner real quick, you know? Yes. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was asked if it could be used. The diner refused. <laughs> then the production designer, his name is Dennis Gassner, asked if he could purchase the diner. <laughs> and they said yes. <laughs> <laughs> so for $20,000... They bought the diner, oh my so they God. could shoot the scene in it. Only twenty thousand dollars for a diner? Twenty grand. Oh, I'll take two. <laughs> <laughs> they are small, yeah. so yeah, That's don't fill up on diners. <laughs> 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 but yeah, isn't that a, that's a fabulous little tidbit, I thought. That is. And they would have paid the diner guy, I don't know if he knew this, but they would have paid him the twenty grand just to use it for a day. For a couple you know of days, I mean? yeah, right, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Probably twice that for a couple of days. Exactly. Yeah. Twenty a grand a day, you can use my diner. Yeah. So he was like, I, I don't want any Hollywood types in my place. Well, <laughs> what if it wasn't your place? <laughs> How about that? Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, there you go. Road to Perdition. Right. And the score, I just want to talk about the score real quick. Uh-huh. Just, uh, I, 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 Thomas Newman, top to bottom. I, I own the soundtrack. I, I listen to it when I'm writing and working. It's so good. Yeah, it's a, it's a great movie. So good. That's a good one. All right, I'll go, I'm going to give you one that's, that I feel the same way that you do about Road to Perdition. It may be, I may be the only one who sees this movie as perfect. Great, I love this. But I love this movie. And it's from... On 2001, uh-huh. directed by Robert Altman. Altman, 2001. Written by Julian Fellows. Fellows. Who went on, of course, to do uh, uh, Downton Abbey. Of course. And the movie is Gosford Park. Oh. Yeah. This is a really beautiful film, as I uh, recall. Yeah, it's so good. It's right. uh, It's a genre-blending you know, world building thing. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, I love this movie. The, it, yeah. Very impressive film. Yeah. It was nominated for a, a bunch of awards. I don't think it won any, didn't win the Oscar. I thought for sure it was going to win best picture because it's just such a good movie, but it didn't. Um, and it's, it's, 
it's so intricate. There's like the the interplay between the servants and the rich people and the you know, and it's a murder mystery and it's a comedy and it's a drama and it's got like everything, you know. Right. And, uh, right. The acting is great, save for Ryan Philippe, who is uh, as terrible as he always is. But in this case, he's playing a character who is a terrible actor. So it fits, <laughs> helping to make it perfect. I, th- I believe it's Philippi, which yeah. is uh, neither here nor there. <laughs> whatever, whatever. I don't care what his name but I is. But I don't have the I don't have the distaste that you have. Keep him out of my movies, please. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this Keep fucking him out guy. Of my movies. <laughs> but All it's right. uh, it's a great movie. It's got uh, an amazing cast. With Maggie Smith and Michael Gambon and Kristen Scott Thomas. And, yeah, I think, uh, 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 you know, uh, held against the backdrop of that genius, Philippi's not going to look so hot. That's yeah, no, true. exactly. Yeah, Jeremy yeah. Northam and Bob Balaban and... Uh, oh, I love Stephen, a Bob Balaban. Stephen Fry, Clive Owen, Helen Mirren. I mean, it goes ah, on and on. It goes Derek, on and on. Derek Jacobi. And my favorite actress of all time, maybe Kelly McDonald, who's just brilliant in this film. Favorite actress of all time. Yeah, we've talked about her before. Can't, I mean, I don't McDonald. listen to you. I love her. She's the best. That's fantastic, buddy. Yeah, great movie. If you haven't seen it, please, please, please. I love it. it. I love it. I love get it. it. I do want to say, um, it it turns out the aforementioned Fellows was the one Oscar winner for this film, and rightfully so. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it is a great screenplay. Yeah. Fantastic. Good screenplay won that year. Yeah. Yeah. Terrific. Good for How him. How great is that, buddy? That's great. Maybe and let's let's try to keep a pin in this. Maybe the best cast of the list thus far. I mean, it's going to be hard to compete with that cast. That's oh a my phenomenal God. cast. It really is. Yeah, top to bottom, they're they're pretty incredible. Yeah. All right, I got two left on the perfect movie list. Okay. Got two left, buddy. I I'm guessing one of these two might be on one of your lists somewhere. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it would have to be. This is a 1994 flick. Nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Best Sound Editing, and Best Music. Oh, wow. Didn't 94. win for any of them. 94. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a little film called The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, yes, of course. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Directed saw this... by one Mr. Frank Darabont. <laughs> it's very Darabontian, this movie. <laughs> And I saw it on a whole bunch of lists on Twitter of people who chose it as one of their top five perfect movies. I saw it yeah. in like number one on a lot of lists. Like that's it's it's a it resonated with people. Let's just say for sure, it's one of those you, movies you can't turn off. You know, you, you you're clicking by the channels, it's on. You watch it. Period. You can't. Yeah, and no 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 matter what time where 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 you are in the film, you're gonna watch it to the end. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna watch the shit crawl. And you're gonna <laughs> love it. Yeah, you're gonna be in a say Wataneo. You'll be <laughs> you'll be filled with hope, and then you can go on with your day. Yeah, yeah. You and Red gonna be working on a rowboat together <laughs> in the surf. Yeah, it's a great movie. Great. It movie. is a great movie. I'm glad so you Darabont, it up. we we know from the Green Mile and not the Road to Perdition. <laughs> uh, Darabont also wrote the the screenplay based on the Stephen King. Um, well, and I think King was happy with the way this one turned out. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, right. Yeah. I think he'd have to be because he wrote a short story, and then Frank Darabont made a, an all-time great movie out of it. That's right. That's right. And Stephen so, King made a lot of money from that. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so Andy Dufresne, they, they they tried a bunch of actors before they got to Tim Robbins. Did you know this? You know all the other guys they wanted for this? I don't. Like poor. Tim was uh, it's apparently like eighth on the list. 
Um, but they worked through Jeff Bridges, Tom Hanks, Kevin Costner, Tom Cruise, Matthew Broderick, Nick Cage, Johnny Depp, and Charlie Sheen. Wow. Before <laughs> before settling on who seems now the only guy that could play the role. Yeah, that's quite a range. It is, right? Yeah. Like, I'd love to see Bridges do it. 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of my favorites. Yep, yep. He would have been good. And Hanks and, and Cruz would have been fine. Sure. Um, but, but boy, Nick Cage, Johnny Depp. <laughs> Nick Cage, no way. <laughs> Nick Cage, yeah. the mild mountain, mild mannered accountant who killed his wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't work, right? <laughs> right, no, it doesn't work. Not at all. <laughs> uh, and then one little tidbit: apparently, Rob Reiner loved the loved Darabont script so much that he offered two and a half million for it, and then three million for the rights, so that he could direct it. And he was going to have Harrison Ford and Tom Cruise play the two roles, which would have been fun. Oh, interesting. At the very least. Yeah. Um, uh, Darabont considered the offer, but ultimately decided that it was his chance to, quote, do something great. Mm. Um, and, and, and he also took the character of Red from an Irish guy and made him a black guy, which I thought was genius. Yeah, that's great. Um, while leaving in the line, maybe it's because I'm Irish. Right, right, right. It's, fu- it's just—it's so great. It's it a perfect great. movie. It's it great. Is, it, this movie has one of the best final lines of dialogue in any movie ever made, because it's all about you know the 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 overall story, not including Andy's story, but Red's story is about will Red find hope? That's the whole right. thing of his story. And at the very last words of the film, we hear Red say the words "I hope." Because he's talking I about, hope. I hope I find my friend. I hope I can find the town, say Wataneo, blah, blah. And the final word says, I hope. And I that's hope. when we know he has finally found hope. It's that's just right. a perfect that's, ending. It's great. It is beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's great. And shout out to uh, one of the one of the screws in the film was Jude Chikalela. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. Right. He was, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get yeah. in the goddamn cell. <laughs> <laughs> Get in the goddamn Rita Hayworth poster wall <laughs> hole. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good one. All right, I've got one that uh, has something to do kind of with prisoners and people being in, in, in... Great. You got any screws in that movie? I love the term screws. <laughs> there are tons of screws in this movie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> this is a movie from 1957. Uh, it's an epic epic tale it's the the, the runtime is two hours and 41 minutes it's, it's that's a, going back a ways and that is a long runner for that era uh yeah but this the the guy who directed it david lean made a lot of long movies can so you this spell one, that is that l-i-e-n l-e-a-n l-e-a-n <clears throat> uh he directed stuff like um uh lawrence of arabia Oh. And Dr. Shivago, so like really long. He likes movies. the long, long form. Yeah, he did like the long <laughs> yeah. form. So this yeah. one's actually kind of brief. Uh, but it's an epic story uh, written by Pierre Boulle, who wrote, he wrote the novel that's based okay. on the screenplay. Okay. Was I by, like when the novelist does the screenplay. I think it's a little extra something. And Pierre Boulle, unless I'm crazy, I should probably look this up, but I'm pretty sure he also wrote the novel uh, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, oh. he did. Yeah, so he was uh, quite a prolific guy. Uh, the screenplay is by Carl Foreman and Michael Wilson. It stars our good friend Alec Guinness and William Holden. And of course, Ooh. it's The Bridge on the River Kwai. Ah. Great movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. It's amazing. My, mem- my dad made me watch it. Did he really? I didn't really want to. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm really glad I did. Yeah. It's a great movie. It's, it's, it is a great movie. And it, it's one of those movies where there's a, uh, there's a couple of different sort of stories going on at the same time. 
and that's one of the things that makes it interesting and then they they sort of come together at the end it's just uh it's just it's terrific I highly recommend it. That it's is terrific. And God, I'm, again, I want to say I'm so grateful that you you went back to the 50s for some of these films. I <laughs> I know that that's an era that is rife with phenomenal movies, and oh, I, yeah. I, I I'm just not familiar enough with them. So, thank you, sir. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and right, I, and Alec, Alec I, Guinness's oh? performance of Bridger on the River Kwai too is just out, just over the moon. I mean, he is. Did so anyone tickle him at, during that time? <laughs> I'm sure they must have. <laughs> <laughs> he's so good in that movie. It's great. He is. I mean, it, I, yeah, he's phenomenal. He's yeah. one of those guys. Yeah, he's always great. But this is a particularly amazing performance. I, I remember that being the case. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, that's fantastic. Danke. Are we? Are we? We're at. We're back to me. Yeah. Fi- final film. Oh wow. In, in in the in the perfect only. Okay. <laughs> we'll move into the perfect Zumbo films in a minute, but. <laughs> I just this is the last one on this list. Um, I, I don't know what to say about it. It's a film out of 1976. Ah. Uh-huh. An Oscar winner for Best Picture. Uh-huh. 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 Not there yet. One. I mean, just, uh, well, uh, okay. It's, uh, I'll just I'll just get into it with a little theme song for you. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, of course. Rocky. Yeah, I knew. I I thought this might be on your list. It's a perfect movie. Yeah, defined a new genre. Created. Of course, it's on my list. It's a perfect movie. Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah, for say, sure. Say what you were saying. It defined a genre. It definitely yeah, did. He totally, yeah, it, he totally created a brand new genre of movies with Rocky. It's true. There's yeah. so many things in Rocky we had not seen before Rocky. There's, um, I mean, and there, there had been montages, but <laughs> now there was the perfect montage. Right, right. And every <laughs> sport know? tried to do a Rocky after this. You know what I mean? There was yes. victory starring Pele. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> and there and was... the, one, the one that gets closest, in my opinion, has a, a, a relative association to our director, who was Mr. John G. Avildsen. Oh. We know him from the Rocky franchise. Uh-huh. <laughs> And the Karate Kid franchise. Oh, there you go. Very so similar movies. He directed three, the first three of each of those. That's a man who knows where his bread is buttered. <laughs> he's like, I love it. He's a guy. He's got a formula. That's right. Yeah. He's like, Machio is going to be the Balboa? Fine. <laughs> Let's do it. Wait. The uh, uh, little Asian guy is going to be the Mickey. Fine. <laughs> He's like, this, like is, this is a money maker. I could, I could do this for twenty eight years. This it's is true. It. Yeah. Let's get a handsome blonde kid to play the Apollo Creed, and we're golden. <laughs> I mean, it's the same fucking movie. It's 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 beautiful <laughs> yeah. in that way. I think it's true. That's um, so true. But you know, Machio is no Stallone, in my opinion. If you ask me. Well, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, written by Sly. Got to call that out. That's right. You know, and and Sly r- has written a bunch of great films. I don't know if anybody ever considers this anymore. But like, he wrote all the Rockies. Right. Say what you want about Four on, you know. But he wrote them all. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote the line, he wrote, "Hey woman, hey woman." <laughs> he put that to paper. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> the, the the gods were guiding the pen, buddy. <laughs> 
That's, that was obvious. <laughs> but I want to say Fist has that has that that has good moments, really great screenplay moments in it. Yep. He wrote that. He wrote all the Rambo's, which you know, I think the Rambo's are great movies. Right. Um the, the the Creed's movies, people love those. He wrote those. Right. Just right. so you know, I mean he's not just a pretty face. That's why. <laughs> That's right. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then I have one other tidbit that is it's it works into the technical field and it is I I find it fascinating and I think it's it's maybe the most iconic cinematic moment of the last 50 years. Oh. So I'm just going to call that out. Okay. The iconic shot of Rocky running up the steps to the Philadelphia Art Museum came about because the Steadicam inventor, one Mr. Garrett Brown, was from Philadelphia. He was actually getting ready to fly to Los Angeles to try to sell his new invention, the Steadicam, Ah. see if anybody had any interest in it. He had shot some test footage um, following people like sharply around corridors and from room to room, but he wasn't happy with it. He wanted to he wanted to show the the filmmakers in L.A. something that they would look at him and wonder, how did you do this? Right. That was his goal. Mm-hmm. He came up with the idea of following his girlfriend up the art museum stairs. So he made a short film of, you know, followed her up the stairs and then back down the stairs. What was she wearing? This is that's. Oh, sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm on a roll. I'm talking to you about a landmark moment in film history. And what do you give me? Sorry. What do you want her to be wearing? (laughs) Now I'm going to make you answer this. Gray sweatsuit. Gray (laughs) sweatsuit. I see where you're going. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with a little stain, a little egg drinking stain on the front. Yeah, yeah. And some like (laughs) some beef blood on the front, you know, that kind of thing. So Brown shows the, shows the footage of his, of his girlfriends that he sells the camera that day, day one. First place he goes, he's like, look what I can do. They go, we'll buy it. Right. right. (laughs) Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, and then just a few months later, Advildson, who was preparing Rocky, saw the footage, thought it would be a great scene in the movie. Um, and hired Brown and the Steadicam to shoot the scene. So months after he was shooting his girlfriend running up and down the art museum stairs, he was shooting Sylvester Stallone running up and down the art museum stairs. That's awesome. Isn't that great? That is great. So, which leads me to believe, it doesn't say this I- implicitly, but uh, we, it's that's the first use of the Steadicam. It might be. I know. I was going to say that in, in major motion pictures. It wasn't long after that that it got a lot of use in The Shining, one, one of the movies that we talked about earlier. Indeed. Uh, I don't think you make The Shining as well as you do without the steady cam. Absolutely not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, absolutely not. A great invention. Not to mention the the speeders in uh, in uh, Return of the Jedi. I mean, that's that's an <laughs> iconic. But that's like an awesome special effect they did thanks to the steady cam. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Steady cam yeah. is fantastic. And a little mirror strapped to the bottom of a thing that actually was on wheels. How brilliant is that? Yeah. It's amazing. It's it's great. These people are so clever. Anyway, none, none of those movies made my lists, but Rocky did. <laughs> well, Rocky is great. And it is a groundbreaking movie, for sure. Indeed. Yeah. All right. And I think it's perfect. I do think the structure of it, the hero's journey in it, is uh, it's utterly flawless. Yeah, and, and the uh, the characters are great. I mean, all of the... Bert, uh, Bert, what, Bert Young is perfect as Polly. Uh, What's-her-name is perfect as Adrian. You know, I mean, it's just like this... The casting is... <laughs> I will say her Talia name Shire. until you... Thank you. Talia Shire is perfect as Adrian. She, it, Talia Shire is just perfect. 
and Sly is perfect as Rocky, and and Apollo, you know Apollo Creed. You know them. The, the characters are just so well drawn, and all the casting is dead on. It's just great. yeah. I want to say a thing that people don't say much about Rocky. Carl Weathers. If that if Apollo Creed isn't Apollo Creed, I don't know what happens to that movie. Yeah, that's right. He's fantastic. He really is. He is fantastic. It's like each character brings a different like kind of energy to yeah. the film. You know what I mean? Right. It, it really fills out sort Burgess, of Burgess Meredith. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just Re- like it's amazing. Yeah, it's great. It's it a is a great. Movie. It is a great movie. All right, I'm going to give you one that's uh, maybe a little surprising. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. 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 And this fits sort of in the category of ones that maybe is not one of my favorite movies of all time, but something I have to recognize as utterly perfect. Okay. It's from 1999. Ooh, late in the game for you. Directed by Roger Mitchell. Mitchell. Written by Richard Curtis. Stars. Mitchell and Curtis together again. (laughs) (laughs) Stars one Hugh Grant. What? And Julia Roberts. And the movie's called Notting Hill. This is utterly astonishing. Notting Hill. This makes no sense. What are you, are you, come on. What are you talking about? This is a perfect movie. It is, the, the script is really, really good. All the acting is fantastic. It's brilliantly directed. The pace is perfect. I mean, everything about it, it's, it's a roller coaster ride from beginning to end. It's just, it's masterfully done. Hey, buddy. Yeah. You gaslighting me? No, I'm not. This is true. You, you gaslighting me right now with Notting Hill? No, Notting Hill is a perfect movie. You're gaslighting me. I'm <laughs> you fucking with me? <laughs> Don't fuck with me. I'm not <laughs> no, it's a perfect movie. It this really is, is. This is astonishing to me. Yeah. It's again. I say it's a movie that I appreciate. I don't necessarily go back and watch it or seek it out. Okay, I think I see where you're saying now. But it is, uh, it is perfect. I mean, in every every way, it just hits every note just right. It's a perfect movie. Well, I can't agree. Obviously. Wow. But what I can do is say I applaud your efforts. <laughs> <laughs> I applaud you going out on that limb. That's because it's bananas. What you're saying. <laughs> Have you seen this movie? I've seen. I saw Notting Hill. I think I was. It was a. It was this not a a date movie? What you might term a date movie? <laughs> it could be a date movie. We okay. Could. So first of all, no date movies on my perfect movie list. List. Okay. <laughs> but that's that's problem number one. <laughs> well, that's your problem. If you have if you have lousy yeah. dates, that's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, even if they're great dates, it doesn't. It's not. Doesn't make a perfect movie. <laughs> A great date movie, half the time you're you're like, should I put my hand there? <laughs> like, you don't even know if the movie's good or not. <laughs> I, I, don't, I just, I'm just, I think I'm so taken aback that I have to lash out. I'm, I'm breathing. <laughs> I'm breathing. I do, I do applaud you. I do, a Julia Roberts movie on the perfect movie list. It's I know. It's phenomenal. It surprises me too, but there well, it good is. Good for you, man. And again, Tell it's me, not what in... Is, what is Robert Mitchell... What else has he done? Anything no we would idea. know? Again, this is not in my top five, you know, but it is... I think it is a perfect movie. I, I think... I think you were... You were on something when you saw it, maybe? <laughs> there was some kind of... You were on the God particle, no, maybe, when no. you saw it? <laughs> All right, he did uh, My Cousin Rachel, 2017. Okay, it's not making your case. Hyde Park on Hudson. 2012. Okay, that's like borrowing from two other movies. <laughs> that was the Bill Murray movie, right? Where Bill Murray right, plays. Yes, uh, that, that's right. That's right. Whatever. That's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, Morning Glory, 
a movie called Venus. Uh, what is the story? Morning Glory. Morning Glory. <laughs> Chang- I don't get. I don't get why you did this. Changing Lanes, two thousand two. I I would have I would have eat more easily swallowed the edge <laughs> <laughs> than Notting Hill. I'm telling you, Notting Hill is great. I think you should revisit it. Maybe I'll revisit. Maybe that's yeah. what it'll take. <laughs> Maybe because right now I just can't see it. <laughs> I'm in, I'll be interested to, to uh, and I did see this on uh, several lists on Twitter of people who also had it on their thing, Notting Hill. Okay, really? Yeah, yeah. It's really good, I have to tell you. I mean, you, it's sneaky good. Like, you don't think it's going to be any good, and then it is. Okay, okay. Perfect movie. Yeah, Notting Hill. I bet, I bet it has the lowest Metacritic score of any of the movies on our <laughs> list. I, I'll do that research and get back tell, to us in a house. I can tell you right now, it has a 7.1 Metacritic score. 7.1. That's not... Out of 10. That's not... I mean, that's respectable. Right. It's not great. I have to say it's a <laughs> little lower I mean? than I would that's have expected. Like, it's like Mark M- Mark McGuire numbers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... I don't know. I don't know. I agree. That it's a little lower than I would have expected to have seen. Because I think it's not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> But okay, I'll, I, I mean, obviously, I'm accepting it. I'm, I'm, I'm applauding you for coming, knowing that it would be hard to swallow for me, and, <laughs> and you brought it anyway. I love it. All right. Good for you. Thanks. So now we're into the perfect for Zumbo list, so I don't want to hear any shit from anyone. All right, well, can I put one, one last, can I just double dip and put one last one in, because then Wait, I'll be up to my... Now you want to go back to back after Notting Hill? But th- then, then I'll be down to five, and then we'll I'm be. I'm not feeling even. like doing you a lot of favors, buddy. <laughs> we'll be even then, and we'll have five each left. Oh right? no, but I got more than five in the Zumbo list. Oh, just okay. so you know. Then go ahead. So we're good, right? Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I could listen to you do that all day, honestly. <laughs> I love when you do a Shelly. Go ahead. It's one of my favorite <laughs> things. It's Notting Hill. I'm just. I got to rattle Notting Hill out of my head so I can move on, do my work. Um, so, okay, here we got a little movie out of 2004, circa 2004. Okay. It's an Oscar winner for Best Animated Feature. Now, I would argue that you have a better chance at making a perfect movie when you're making an animated feature than you do of shooting a live-action feature. I, s- I see where you're going, I think. You can take the time to literally, literally make it perfect. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? If you're given the time, yes. If you're exactly, and yeah. and the the gentlemen at Pixar seem to always give themselves the time. <laughs> and I'm talking about a little film called The Incredibles, which I do think, top to bottom, is a perfect, perfect movie. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, I can't I can't dispute that at all. It's a great movie. You can't, right? No. Yeah. It it is The Incredibles is the best Fantastic Four movie ever made. <laughs> right? They've been trying. It's- Look, for years. Look, I, I, I'm gonna eh, I'm gonna say something really crazy right now. <laughs> might be the best superhero movie ever made. It might be. And I mean it. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. They they've been trying to make Fantastic Four movies for years, and then this they movie have. came out and it's like, well, that's how you do it, dumbasses. Yeah. And never do I ever feel more like a like a lemming than when a new Fantastic Four movie rolls out because I'm like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> 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 gotta see it. Gotta yeah. see it. <laughs> disappointed every time yeah yeah they're terrible they yeah. are terrible but I, what isn't terrible is the incredibles and it's i great. think it's f- literally perfect yeah, top it's to great. bottom 
the credit animation is different than the movie animation, and that too is perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. can't. So written and directed by Brad Bird, right? Who had done a lot of stuff, uh, animated stuff like The Iron Giant, right? Um, right. Prior to joining Pixar, another great movie. Um, yeah, Ratatouille is a, also a great movie of his. One of my favorites of the Pixar um, library. Uh-huh. And um, oddly enough, Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol was his latest directorial effort. Interesting. I might have watched that now that I. Yeah, know I mean, that. yeah, knowing that Brad Bird was at the helm, right? Yeah, why not? Changes up a little bit. It does. Um, just, just, it's just so, it's just so perfect. A couple little tidbits from the movie. Jason Lee, who played Buddy slash Syndrome. Uh-huh. Uh, Syndrome actually was, was characterized by the animators as Brad Bird. So that's a little fun little thing. Oh, that's they made fun. Him, they made him the villain. Uh-huh. <laughs> which I love. Um, but Jason Lee recorded his vocals in four days, which is a pretty sweet gig. Yeah. <laughs> um, while Craig T. Nelson, who played Mr. Incredible, Recorded his vocals over the span of two years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the gig that keeps on gigging. Wow, that's amazing. Right? Well, one of the things, I um, I met someone once, uh, a stage manager who had worked on the film The Iron Giant. And she told me something Ooh. interesting about making an animated film is that unlike a regular movie where the script comes first, when you're making yes. an animated movie, the script comes last. Like that's the uh-huh. very last thing they finalize is what the words are going to be that the characters say. And that may be right. why it took two years to get Craig T. Nelson's dialogue <laughs> done because they kept changing or, you know, m- you know, morphing what, what the scene was or what he was going to say in yeah. response to whatever was happening. That's interesting. It's really interesting. I wonder if that's an animation thing because I read in my research that Miyazaki also... He starts storyboarding before he has any idea where the story will go. Right, and I think it's the, it's because it's such a visual media. It's a you know it's I all guess, visuals. Yeah, that, I guess you know, the, the story is told is... that way first. Right, then, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because the Incredible script is nothing to sneeze at. It doesn't feel like an afterthought. It's pretty genius. That's right. You know, it really and the world building. You know, the whole backstory of superheroes and their mythology and all that yeah. stuff. I mean, it's it, yeah, it's, it's all fantastic. really great. Yeah, it's great. It takes it, it. It seems serious, and then it doesn't take itself serious at all. Right, it's just right, right. genius. Yeah, it's, it's genius. really good. Yeah. Um, and one final little tidbit, which kind of um, bespeaks or speaks to my point initially about being able to make an animated movie perfect if you have the time. Um, in the very beginning of the film, a robber is going through a woman's purse on the roof of a building when Mr. Incredible um, intervenes. One of the things that spills out of the purse and can be seen for just a second on this on this the roof of the building is a Mr. Incredible Pez dispenser, <laughs> <laughs> which is just it's the perfect thing, right? Right, right, yeah. It's I just think that's it's so great. It's hilarious. And there's little things like that throughout the movie. Tons of little Easter eggs, tons of little fun stuff to look for. Yeah. And it's just it every thread of it works for me. And it has a great score by the way also. Oh, phenomenal mention. score. Yeah, terrific. Thank you for bringing that up. And, it's absolutely true. And Brad Bird plays a character in it. He's the hilarious Edna whatever who designs the costumes for that. That's it's, right, the costume designer. Yeah. yeah it's great. Yes. Yeah, it's a great movie. Terrific. Yeah. Excellent choice. I think I don't know why I can't I don't know, maybe do you do a character similar to that cuz I <laughs> I always think of you when I see that moment. <laughs> I don't know. It's my big toothy grin, I think. What are what we doing, darling? Right. <laughs> you know, he's like that guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gal. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. All right. Uh, I got one for you that's, that's also not quite in my top five, but is perfect for me. 
Love it. That I absolutely adore. Love. These are actually more fun to pick apart than the ones that you think are perfect. Right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is from 1958. Okay. Directed by one of my favorite directors, Alfred Hitchcock. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. It's a good thing we got a Hitchcock on this list. Yeah. Uh, starring Jimmy Stewart, our buddy. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. And the beautiful Kim Novak. We're out with it already. And it's Vertigo. Uh, of course. Vertigo is amazing. Of course it is. Yeah. Oh, this this movie just, every time I watch it, just kills me. I just love set, this film. Set a cinematic standard. Yeah. The, yeah, the, everyone, ha- everyone else had to get to that standard. It's the, the vision. I mean, it's beautifully photographed. The, the, the city of San Francisco is like another character in the movie. Oh, I love when people say that. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like when people say that? I don't. I don't at all. <laughs> But it's true, the, the the sights and sounds of San Francisco that you see It is in the movie. true. It's very much part of the tapestry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the, 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 the screenplay is so intricate, um, uh, written by uh, Alec Koppel. Koppel? Samuel A. Taylor. Any relation to Theodore? No, I don't know. Ted Koppel? I don't know. Based on the <laughs> the novel D'Entrée de l'Amour. Of course. By of course. Pierre Boulay. Boileau and Thomas Narzajac. Uh, and Just also, s- scratch this little itch in my brain. How do you spell Koppel? C O P P E L. Okay, not related. And uh, <laughs> the the great playwright Maxwell Anderson was also a contributing uncredited writer on this film. Well, Maxie doesn't need the limelight. No, and he's great. He's great. He's really sure. good. Uh, but yeah, you know, this this is a classic film. If you've never seen it, I highly encourage you to go back into the archives and check it out. So it's it's just stunning beautifully photographed jimmy stewart is perfection in this kim novak fantastic barbara belgetti's i mean it's just it's great yeah the whole the, the concept is genius that it keeps you guessing it's just a great movie great it's great yeah i love it anything else on that that's all just my my esteem for that film it's so good it's yeah it's phenomenal yeah it is um all right, on a on a per, a lot this this movie made a lot of perfect lists, not not just the perfect for Zumbo list, but this film did something for me as a person. <laughs> oh. When I saw it, it really uh shifted my focus a little bit, taught me a thing or two about a thing or two. <laughs> I'm talking about Pulp Fiction. Oh, sure. Yeah. 94 Oscar winner for best screenplay, obviously. I think that is the the hero of the effort is the screenplay. The the rest of it is phenomenal as well, but I think the the story and the way it's presented to us is really what makes the film special. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, uh, everything about it, the, the the tone and the style, I think it's just like so cool and hip and everything's just so it is. slick it is. about and it. And the, the, the fragmented timeline, which, you know, I Hollywood couldn't make a movie <laughs> that didn't have some kind of fractured timeline flashback issue for the next 10 years. Like Right, right. It really just it set it set a bar yeah. for the way to tell these kind of pulpy action dramas. Yeah, um, and it ma- it grossed us out, and it made us laugh, and it, it fucking it horrified us at times. And it's just it's it has a little bit literally of everything. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's also uh, abstract. Like we don't know what's in the case. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's it's right. brilliant. It really is like, an amazing movie. So a couple, I got a couple of tidbits. There's so much to say about this film, you know, but I, a couple of things that stood out to me was that, that, um, that iconic shot of Vincent plunging the syringe into 
into the chest. Careful, or I will, I will drop out. I will I'll totally like hit the floor <laughs> if you talk too much about this. Okay, well, this might actually help you. Okay. Maybe the next time you see the film, if you ever watch this scene again, <laughs> you'll know that the, film, the, the scene was shot by Travolta pulling the needle out oh. and then reversing the footage. How about that? Yeah, and this is proven by you can see a little mark on Mia's uh, chest disappear when she becomes revived. Oh, interesting. So they went backwards on that one. Oh, very clever. Isn't that fun? That is fun. It's a fun little bit of but a little bit of tidba. That is tidba. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun little bit of tidbit. Tidbit. Uh, <laughs> this film cost eight million dollars to make. Blew my mind. That's nothing. It's nothing. Eight million. It was even less than that before Bruce Willis signed on. He was being a big baby because he didn't get cast as Vincent. So he he was saying no and no and no, and then he said yes when they when they gave him Butch, which is a much better role for him. Yeah. I think. I think so. Um, but the story goes he was being a big baby about not getting cast as Vincent. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> yeah. Also, Vincent was supposed to be Mark Madsen, oh. who is brother Vincent now in the lore from Reservoir Dogs. Right. They were supposed to be brothers. There was even a prequel movie written, but they both got too old to do it, so they scrapped it. <laughs> How about that? Can you see an old Madsen and an old Travolta trying to be young <laughs> Madsen and young Travolta? <laughs> that would be pretty funny. I say let's do it. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, we can CGI younger guys now. Maybe we do it that way. Hey, yeah. Now you're talking. Right? Yeah, as long yeah. as they don't have to kick anybody, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> the word fuck is uttered 265 times throughout the film. Wow. Not bad, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> I think we can do better. <laughs> but not bad, right? Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, Quentin hesitated right up until shooting about the character he was going to play. It was either going to be Jimmy or Lance. Those are the two you would pick, even if you didn't know which one he wound up playing. Right. Jimmy is the guy he wound up playing, and Lance was the dealer. Um, he ended up choosing Jimmy's role because he wanted to be behind the camera during Mia's overdose scene. He thought that was he was... Oh. More aces in his places at that point. Right, right, right. So he went with uh, that other guy, red-haired guy, who wasn't in um, Back who to the Future. was not Back to the Future guy. Yeah, right. Eric <laughs> yeah, Stoltz. Yeah. yeah, Eric Stoltz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, your, your original Marty McFly. That's right. If we haven't said so before, there's tons of great YouTube of the early shooting of that film, and it, boy, does it look terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric Stoltz would not have worked. Um did you know that Pulp Fiction was selected for preservation by the Library of Congress in 2013? I did not know that. How about that? I like it. I mean, I want to say that if it's a perfect movie, it's probably been selected for preservation yeah. by the Library of Congress, I right? Mean, if the Library of Congress is putting a movie with, you know, male anal rape in it <laughs> into, the, into the library, that's pretty good. That's a high standard. Yeah, but the male anal rapist gets his. <laughs> right. <laughs> Justice is done. <laughs> exactly. That's what makes it so great. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He's going to get medieval on they ass. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, and then finally, I, this is a nice little tidbit for you and I. Personally, um, Quentin is an avid collector of vintage television show board games, which I thought you would love. I do. And during the filming of the movie, he made John Travolta sit on the floor <laughs> and play the Welcome Back Cotter game with him. <laughs> 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 how great is that that's amazing isn't that amazing <laughs> i think i've mentioned yeah. before that i had the barney miller board game i don't doubt that you've mentioned that several times yeah uh-oh yeah. circumstantial <laughs> evidence 
Wah, wah. <laughs> That's the best. Oh, I'm going to play as fish. Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Great game. Great game. If you can hit your hands on it on eBay or somewhere, get it. Absolutely. It's a perfect game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Abe Bagoda. Is that not right? Abe Bagoda. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He'd make a great Shelly. I know we're not doing that he right would. now, but I'm just saying. <laughs> he would. You're right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'm down to my top five now. Okay, great. I have one, two, okay. three, four, five left in mine. Oh, so perfect. We're going to wind it down together, This brother. is great. All right. So the first of my top five is a movie we've already talked about. And this one I, I, I say is an absolutely perfect movie, and that's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh-huh. This is a movie, you put it on, you love it, you enjoy it, you can watch it a million times. The screenplay is just absolutely perfect. The everything works together. Harrison Ford couldn't be better. It's brilliantly directed. It's just just great. Well, we did it. When yeah, and and uh so far that's the one crossover from our lists. Yes. Wow. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. I think that is the one crossover. So far. We might yeah. get to another one. We don't know yet. <laughs> That's right. We might. We still have a lot to go. That's but right. so far, it's just the one. So, Ray, I, I didn't know if you had any more tidbits because you, you, I think I stopped you short when you brought it up the first time. Did we, did we not talk much about Raiders? We talked a little bit about it. Okay. Well, let me see what I have in the notes. Okay. <laughs> but I wasn't sure. Oh, no, I, I, yeah, I gave you the one that I really wanted to get to, which was the, the 30 whip. bull whips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. I like that. Okay, good. Well, that one's covered then. We we've beaten that horse to death with a. I mean, but yeah, I, yeah, I I like there's a f- you know there's a few others. I apparently the uh, S- Spielberg gave the second AD the the task of a he handed him a picture of the Paramount logo and said go find this mountain, and <laughs> the guy like it took him like four days to find a suitable <laughs> version of the Paramount mountain. Uh, I love that. Just for the know? opening shot, right? Just Where for that one yeah, opening yeah, shot. Yeah. That's that's tremendous. Which has become iconic. Like he was right to ask for it. Yeah. So what it took you four days. We've all enjoyed it these many years. Right. I have a tidbit about this movie, by the way. Love it. A few years ago, I don't know if it's still online. I hope it is if you want to find it. But a few years ago, uh, Steven, somebody was, I think it was Steven Soderbergh, the director, was doing a study of films and things. And he would take out the color and the sound and watch a movie and if it's st- if you could still figure out was going what was going on that meant that movie is well directed and the wow. his, his example of the best version of this was Raiders of the Lost Ark interesting so if you watch and I did this I watched because he had a video uh, on his website or wherever uh, as the example of how this works where he took out the sound and the color from Raiders of the Lost Ark so you're watching it in black and white without right. sound and from the opening moments, you it, it's so well uh, staged and shot that it makes perfect sense. You don't need the dialogue. You don't need anything else. It's just great. Yeah. You don't need to meet. There's no music. It's, you, you can totally get the whole movie just from watching it without all that other stuff. I'll say this, and I, th- I do think that's great and a, and a really good like little touchstone, but it's got it's so much easier in an action film to say <laughs> that you can discern what's going on without the sound, you know? It just yes. is. True. Um, and there's lots of great sequences in, in Raiders, which makes it great for sure. But the, the, the dialogue is, is much less necessary. For sure. Yeah, right? I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but things like it's not the year, sweetheart, it's the mileage. Like I still use that line. Right. I fucking love that line. Right. It's great. Yeah, it's a great movie. Oh, so good. I'm glad we had some crossover. I really am. Oh, me too. 
Uh, and I'll, uh, yeah, I'll wind these down pretty quick. My, the next one on my list is a little, I mean, I, we couldn't have a perfect movie list without having some Coen brothers on it. There we go. Here and we I, go. I imagine we, we might get to even more than this one. But we might. The <laughs> this one, I think, is famous in its adaptation uh, and and in its hilarity and in its, in its heart. And it is a little film, uh, circa 2000 called oh brother where heart thou oh all right you kind of surprised me with that one no you kind of surprised me with the choice i know you love this movie but it was surprised me that that was the one you picked i love it so much and i it it really does like it has nothing in it that i would change it has nothing in it that i i I never get to a moment in it where i'm like well but come on guys (laughs) right right, you know back to the good stuff or whatever it's it's just fantastic you're a dapper dan man what can you say (laughs) Well, in this place of geographical oddity, <laughs> two weeks from everywhere, <laughs> I just fucking love it. Yeah. Any of you boys, uh, Smithies, <laughs> or, uh, otherwise trained in uh, metallurgic arts, <laughs> like it's just, it just brings me joy. Every frame of it. Yeah, it's really fun, and it's beautiful. Yeah, and there's a great, there's a great thing I saw on YouTube, but it was probably like an extra, extras on the DVD or whatever about how the, how they color matched this, how they. They shot it all and removed all the color and then added the color they wanted back in. All right, to give, to it, that give sort it that of sort of yellow-brown sepia thing yeah, throughout. Yeah, yeah, It's really beautiful. It's really a beautiful movie. It's a great movie. Yeah, for sure. So much yeah. fun. Yeah, really yeah. fun. Yeah, and yeah. and one of the characters is based on a, a, a real-life person. I'm not sure if you know, but there was this great guitarist named Robert Johnson. <laughs> and one of the characters is actually based on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish I could remember the dude's name that plays Robert Johnson because he's great and he is he's a vocal artist, a recording artist in, in his own right. And That's right. That the song that he does in the movie, the Hard Time Killin' for Killin' Floor Blues, it's a, such a great song. Yeah, oh, the music in that movie is great too. The, the, yeah, the soundtrack was massive. That was like the T Bone Burnett, right? Did all the yeah songs yeah, and, and stuff. And the, I think the probably. Soggy Bottom Boys and the same. <laughs> Soggy yeah. bottom, but yeah, yeah it's yeah. a great movie. All right, that's it. A good really one. is, and yeah, look up, look up that dude, that hard time killing floor blues kid. He was, he's so good. Yeah, he'll, he'll move you. <laughs> he will. He'll move you a little bit. And I want one last thing. Yep. Um, on IMDb and elsewhere, Homer is credited as a writer, which I <laughs> adore. Um, well, yeah, he wrote the source material. He, so there he you wrote go. the source material. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Boom. Um, I'm going to uh, maybe this might surprise you again. This one might I surprise love you. being surprised, buddy. It's uh, another sort of romantic comedy. I know I've had what, quite what a, is happening? a few on these lists now, but <laughs> What's get going another on? date movie, if you will. This one. I say no date movies on my perfect movie list. You say fine, <laughs> then you say two movies on my, and I say <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, oh. go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm okay, sorry. this one's from 1987. 87, okay. I actually went on a blind date and watched this movie. Blind uh, date? Yeah, blind date. Yeah. And it's on your perfect movie. I'm going to say yeah. you got lucky this <laughs> night. Is all of, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> it's uh, directed by Norman Jewison. Okay. Screenplay by John Patrick Shanley. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. The great playwright himself. That's right. Featuring one of your favorite actors of all time, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and another great Shakespearean actor, Cher. <laughs> Starring in Moonstruck. Yeah. This is definitely one of those, despite the despite the, the parts, the sum of it is just greater than... Absolutely. 
Yeah, I agree. That's a phenomenal movie. It really is. It is so goddamn good. And the fact that John Patrick Shanley, who's Irish through and through, could write all these Italian characters so perfectly. And he does, too. Yeah. Like, throughout his work, he writes Italian guys right on the money. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, everything about this movie just it, it, it's, it is, is right on the money. You know, I, I'm not a big Cher fan uh, in movies, but she's perfect in this movie. She's a great actor, though. Yeah, I, she I, really is. You might not be a fan, but she's, I mean, she's won the Oscar, right? Uh, I think I so. I mean... Yeah, I she's she's definitely been nominated. She's a phenomenal actor. Yeah, I think. yeah, no, she is, and and she I loved shows her in it. Mask. Miss. I thought she was so fucking yeah, mask. nurturing and beautiful in Mask. Yeah, what's the one she did with? Uh, isn't she in like Sophie's Choice or one of those with Meryl? There's a Meryl Streep movie she's in, right? I think it's Sophie. That sounds right. Yeah, that Sophie's sounds Street. right. Oh, uh, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's really good, and she's great in this movie. Nicholas um, Cage is just at the top of his game in this film. And yeah. by that, I mean as an actual actor and not as like a crazy person. Right. But <laughs> right. but he brings enough of the crazy to really make it work. Like, he is just hilarious. He, he let, yeah, he didn't, he didn't open the can fully. He just kind of cracked the lid on it, <laughs> right. and it was perfect. Right. And it's like he's, tr- he, he's, in the movie, it's almost like he's trying to play it straight. And, and that, and, and yet, he's hilarious because he's because you can't do Nicolas Cage straight you know what I mean like Nicolas right. Cage straight is trying to be straight is hilarious it is hilarious yeah and it's just uh, 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 Vincent Gardenia is just off the chain in this movie Olympia just Dukakis Olympia Dukakis phenomenal, phenomenal. so many great quotes in this movie I mean it's just hilarious the, it really is great it makes me want to rewatch it because we, we we watched it as a family I remember as a kid and we all loved it like it was one movie that four very different people <laughs> could sit and enjoy and that's a testament to it in and of itself yeah exactly yeah it does definitely crosses a lot of uh boundaries of different kinds of people who can enjoy it it's great indeed indeed and just to housekeep for a moment if i may sure share has won an, an academy award for moonstruck oh there you go and uh she was nominated for silkwood silkwood that's the one with meryl streep thank you another yeah that's the one you were talking about yeah, exactly yeah um wow great choice buddy thanks no no argument from me it makes me want to rewatch it again i love it uh, and i hate nick cage so <laughs> you know you you've you've outdone yourself <laughs> um here this next film was not on anybody's list on twitter ever really <laughs> no this movie makes no lists i imagine all right this is a you know it's perfect for zumbo movie and this one is like i re- i've rewatched this one in a way that makes people who know how many times I've rewatched this film a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Is it some sort of Larry Bird documentary? <laughs> Look, if I thought Larry Bird documentaries were open to this discussion, <laughs> we would have gone top to bottom Larry Bird documentary. <laughs> but no, I, I respect the joke. I love it. This is a little film that came around uh, 2014. And stars one of our generations or the current generation's um, best actors. Uh-huh. Um, uh, written and had a writer-director. You know, one guy saw the storytelling through f- from the visual, from the writing to the visual, which I think also helps in the contention for perfect film. Right. Um, but but this movie made a lot of people uncomfortable, and I think a lot of people didn't like it because of it. And it was a movie called Nightcrawler. Oh, Nightcrawler. Yeah, you've talked a lot about this. I've yet to see it. You know I love this movie, I know. I'm dying to see this film. i got to watch it. I can't even be honest with my friends about how often I watch it. Wow. I I know. 
I know. Sometimes I have literally lied, like because <laughs> the the guys at work that ask about like, "Would you watch last night?" Well, I just talked about watching Nightcrawler last week too, <laughs> so I guess today I'll say I was watching porn or something. <laughs> like I like I can't admit to watching Nightcrawler as readily as I can admit to watching porn. For wow. sure. Wow. Wow. I love this movie. I love it. I do think it's flawless, and I think it's a it's a it's a performance like like no other I've seen. Oh, literally, that, I have to see this movie now. I'm di- I'm dying I to see it. I think that now. you should. I I'm surprised that you haven't yet. I know. Like, I, maybe I, a little surprised. It's. I wonder what you'll think. I really do. This is very exciting for me. I right. hope you do watch it. I hope this isn't like a whole uh, the night of situation where you keep <laughs> I'm going, you I'm, keep dangling the carrots <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And I keep like going, ooh, ooh, okay, you're going to watch it soon? Great. <laughs> you make me the fool. No, I'm going to watch all that stuff. You're going to watch, well, the them. Nightcrawler, I, not the Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler is, mwah. Wow. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. I do love it. All it right. It was nominated for one Oscar, Best Original Screenplay. And I think, oh. it, I think it deserves that, at least that nomination, if not the win that year. All right. Yeah, I like a movie that starts out with a great screenplay. I have to say, it, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm. You might not love my judgment in terms of what a great screenplay is, but we have enough crossover that you'd trust me. This one is incredible. Totally do. Totally trust you. Yeah, it's okay. incredible. Great. I can't wait. All right, I'm going to move on to another movie that I think also has a great screenplay, and uh, is directed by someone who I've already mentioned once today. Okay, this is from 1959er. <laughs> okay. Uh, starring Cary Grant, Eva Marie Saint, and my man James Mason. Whoa. Written by Ernst Lehman and directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Another Hitchcock. Yeah. It's North by Northwest. Of course it is. I love this movie. It is, <laughs> to me, it's got something for everybody. It's got comedy, it's got romance, it's got action, it's got adventure, it's got intrigue, it's got suspense, it's got it all. It's got great characters. It's got great situations. It's got great music. It's got a great script. It's got great dialogue. It's just fantastic. This is just ah, such a great movie. I don't even know what to say. That's that's uh, so much. It's got so much. It does. It's got everything. It's got everything you could want in a movie. It really How does. How could it have so much? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he packed a lot in. You know, it's uh, it's it's that's fantastic. I love that movie. I really do. It's uh, all right. Got the iconic scene with the crop duster chasing Cary Grant around the, the cornfield, you know, I mean. Cary Grant. Yeah, it's just a I'm great. I'm Cary Grant. Oh, I love Cary Grant. I know you do. <laughs> it's a little cartoonish, though, at times, don't no, you think? No, 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 he's perfect. He has a whole Nicolas Cage thing where he's a little too Cary Grant sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Cary Grant is fantastic. Okay. Especially in I'm North Cary Grant. Northwest. Yeah, oh, he's so good. I know you love him. I know that. Yeah. yeah. I love know him. that. And this movie, oh, terrific. Terrific. All right. Perfect. Perfect movie. Okay. I love it. Good. Good for you. I like, again, I love you bring the classics. You bring the classics, you lay them down at my feet, you go like, trust me, it's perfect. I go, okay, <laughs> buddy. I love it. All right. Um, here's one I'll try to steam through, 12 Angry Men. I think it's a perfect movie. I think hey. it's, it's, it's just in there. It takes the time it takes, the unity of time and action. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, it's a perfect movie in, in a lot of ways for me, especially like gentlemen talking. It's, um, it pacifies me. That's great. I remember we, when we did that, uh, there was a list of the top, whatever, 250 movies of all time thing based right. on the aggregates. And this was the number one movie 
based on all that stuff was 12 Angry Men. Okay. And we well, were both surprised by that. I think for good reason. Yeah, I mean, you know, Sidney Lumet, you can't go wrong, right? I mean, just such There's a great no director. There's no going wrong with Lumet. Yeah. And it is a great screenplay. Uh, and, and all the actors are fantastic in it. Henry Fonda is, is terrific. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Yeah. They're all great. I mean, every single one, top to bottom. Uh, Lee J. Cobb is just off the chart in this movie. It's just a great and film. We, listen, listeners of the podcast will know that we talk about James Foley making action in, a, in an enclosed environment. Very, very engaging, you know. Glengarry on nobody's list yet, but but in that movie, there's a you know, and I think uh, Lumet does the same thing in this jury room. There's he creates action where there can be none, right? And it's really great. I mean, you know that this guy's length and the breadth of his directing is incredible. Oh, it's ridiculous! Yeah. Like he did The Whiz, right? <laughs> and Dog Day Afternoon, like he did both of those movies. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. It is fascinating. He's terrific. Yeah. He's tremendous. Love Lumet. Yeah. Love him. Love yeah, me, him. Me too. He's great. Love him. And and your favorite movie of all time? One of yeah, for sure. The yeah. verdict That's we're right. talking about. Oh, are we talking about the verdict now? Well, we're talking about Lumet. Oh. And and I and I I was just thinking about the movies he he had directed in my head and. Well, that's kind, kind of a perfect segue, if I may. Well, fantastic. <laughs> For my next perfect movie, that's a great one, by the way. I love 12 Angry Men. Sure. Is, of, is just what you said. It's The Verdict, directed by Sidney Lumet, uh, written by David Mamet, and starring our man, uh, Paul Newman. And as you yeah. said, it's one of my favorite I mean, movies of a, all time. That's a dynamic trio right there. Right? It really is. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great movie. I mean, it's... Uh, you know, I know I enjoy it probably more than most people, but I do think it's a fantastic, I think it's a perfect movie. I mean, I think that the screenplay is brilliantly constructed. The acting is non-parel. James Mason <laughs> nice. is fantastic. Uh, the, James Mason. <laughs> the directing is great. And then at the end, they squeeze Bruce Willis in there as an extra, just as a little, as a little gift to the yeah, audience. Something you know to look I mean? forward to. That's right. Yeah, something to look forward to. <laughs> It's going to so, be this guy. <laughs> you just wait. <laughs> and to me, it's just a perfect movie. I mean, the way it all just plays out and comes together. Charlotte Rampling is great. And uh, another guy from uh, 12 Angry Men, um, Jack Warden, appears in this movie and is also fantastic. I mean, it's just just a great movie. I love it so much. But it, yeah. I, I, yes. I have, nothing, I have nothing to argue with. I, perfect. It's not on my lists anywhere, but it does seem like the perfect movie in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm going to take you back to a time and a place, buddy, that was um, early 60s high school basketball in Indiana. Oh, was there yeah. A, was there a better time and place to exist? <laughs> I'm talking about the heartland. <laughs> I'm talking about the greatest game known to man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do I'm know I'm talking about mean. Jimmy Chitwood. <laughs> I'm talking about Normandale. I'm talking about Hoosiers. Are you talking about Shooter? <laughs> Are you also talking about Shooter? The one Oscar nom, I think. No, two. There were two Oscar noms. One of them was supporting actor. Yeah, for, for Shooter. Yeah, he's great. He is. I mean, they're all, top to, Hackman is never better. Yeah, yep. Never better. Um, directed by a fellow by the name of David Anspa, whose only other huge claim was Rudy, oh. which I find interesting. So he's he's a, a mid Midwest sports movie guy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Feel Good Midwest Sports Movies is my game. <laughs> Atwood's the name. <laughs> That's Anne Spa. Sorry, and then Anne written Spa. by a fellow by the name of Angelo Rizzo, who also wrote Rudy. I assume that's where they met. Oh, oh no. I mean, they met on Hoosiers and then right. went on to work on Rudy. Oh, that's fa- that's fascinating that they both did that. those two movies. That's interesting. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Hoosiers. It, I love it. It's a perfect movie. It's every time there isn't something engaging in the dialogue or, or the the dynamics between the the feminism and the burgeoning cultures and the unrest and all that the, you know, that sort of machismo stuff. Whenever there isn't that, there's fucking basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else I love about Hoosiers? Tell me. Other than the, it, it is a great movie, is the uh the anachronistic soundtrack. I love <laughs> anachronistic soundtracks. No, I really do. One movie yeah. that, that barely oh, missed. Oh, you do love that. I You're do not, love that. That's no, not tongue-in-cheek. No, okay. not at all. One movie that, that barely missed my list is Chariots of Fire, uh-huh. which I think is ver- is a perfect movie. And and it has the same thing. It has an anachronistic soundtrack where it's using this electronic instruments right. um, that are out of place for the time of the movie. And I, it yeah. adds something for me. I don't know why, but it does. I like I like that too a lot in terms of this movie. I can't. I don't know if I notice it other places, but yeah, you're right. It's the the instruments playing on the soundtrack had not been invented yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's rare. Yeah. There are not a whole lot of movies that do this. I remember there was an HBO movie or miniseries about the suffragettes who right. who did the same thing, where it had like hip hop music playing uh, in in the 19 teens or whatever, and it was like you noticed it then right away. And I loved it. I love when people do that. Right. So kudos to Hoosiers for that. Man, such a great movie. It such is a great movie. movie. And Hoosiers, the, or uh, as it was known outside of the U.S., The Big Shot. Because <laughs> <laughs> people wouldn't know what a Hoosier was. Right. Yeah, that's true. And which really yeah. is a terrible title for that movie. The worst. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. fucking worst. Yeah, yeah, really. It should have been called like Teamwork or something. That's you know, a or studio executive that had the hot tub warming up. <laughs> It was like, I don't know. Yeah, the same person who picked The Edge for The Edge <laughs> picked a big shot for that movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's pretty bad. Yeah, I love I Hoosiers. I think that one, somebody was just like, is this movie The Edge any good? And they were like, it's on the edge of good. It's not good. It, <laughs> it wants to be good. And then the light bulbs all went off, and there they, there you, they go. You mean The Edge of Perfect. <laughs> it doesn't even approach The Edge of Perfect. <laughs> all right, well, I am down to my final perfect movie. You have, okay. You got one I have more. two left. That's fine. Two, two movies left to talk about. Okay. All right. Uh, mine is one that I, I'm sure you know I have a lot of esteem for. It's from 2007. Won the Academy Award, I believe, for Best Picture. Okay, okay, okay. Written by Joel and Ethan Cohen. Directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen. Yeah, this was on a lot of lists, wasn't it? Probably. Based on for good the, reason. The, based on the novel by Cormac McCarthy. Yes, yes. It's No Country for Old Men. It is. It's goddamn perfect. Oh it my is. god! Yeah, I, I denied it to keep it off my list, but I, as you are my witness, I cannot deny it any longer. No, you can't. It's so no. perfect. It really is. Just every every frame is is has has a purpose, and it's just it's so efficient, and it's just so, uh, you know, I, I mean, I can't, I can't. Other than perfect, I cannot come up with a really good word to describe it it's it's uh, it's um yeah I, I i love this movie it's so good this is the second coen brothers right that's right <clears throat> there there is a version there's a timeline in the world where we ask for the perfect movies and i just come with their entire imdb page because oh yeah you know to even to pick and choose is crazy to me like it you know what's what's more perfect 
which one is more like what's more perfect than Barton Fink? Probably nothing. Right. Or Fargo. Or Fargo. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or a serious man. I mean, there's so many. There's, there's, they, yeah, they, they are just so good. Yeah. Uh, but this one to me rises above the rest just because it's it's kind of different from all their other things because it's so much more simple and right. quiet. And right. uh, yeah, there's no soundtrack in this movie. You know, there's a couple of like droning notes like twice in the film. Right. But that's, it. that's true. Yeah. And the fact that they can create and and hold tension and suspense for so long in this movie without a single note. True. In the whole film is just astonishing. True. I, I just love this movie. It's so good. That's, Everything about I mean, it. it is, we could talk all all day about it. Yes, yeah. the performances are great. The script is amazing. It's beautiful. I remember this is one that you. Well, I had asked you to send me some some PDFs of screenplays, and that was one that you sent to me. And the just the even the poetry in the in the stage directions. Yeah. Is, yeah. It's 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 beautiful. It's a, it really it's is. a beautiful on on paper. It's a beautiful movie. <laughs> right, right. Like it's insane. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 It's a good read. In fact. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And a, and a good watch. Yeah. It's a it's an astonishing movie. I love it so much. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. No, me either. I, I'm going to watch it tonight, probably. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this is the final film in the Zumbo category. Okay. What I'm going to do is I, I was stealthy about this. I'm going to take you back <laughs> to cap off the most perfect movies of all time with the most perfect movie of all time. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. But but the last one on the on the Forzumbo list is, and we've talked about this uh, on the podcast, so we won't talk much about it, but A River Runs Through It, to me, is uh, it just has the, the feeling of a perfect movie. It hits a perfect emotional pitch at some point and never lets you go. Yeah. Um. It's great, and it and in terms of di- direct directing, I think Redford knocks it out of the fucking park. Like, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, it's great. It's a really great movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. Th- I mean, that's all I want to say about it. It speaks for itself. Yeah, it's it's. If you haven't seen it, definitely watch it because it's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, that was ninety two. By the way, yeah, you, was you had so much fun at the movies in nineteen ninety two. No one had a better time at the movies than Zumbo in nineteen ninety two. This is what I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> was it, it was the, the landmark year for me going to the movies and enjoying the movies. <laughs> yeah, it's Glengarry, never been that good. Glengarry, River Runs Through It, The Scent of a Woman. I mean, That's my right. God. Yeah. <laughs> Those three alone. And there yeah. were several more. Yeah. Several more. But yeah, um, it, was, it won the Oscar for Best Cinematography, which it deserved. Sure. And I'll take this moment to just say that throughout this research, I found that what you know, do do make make ex- exhaustive lists so what you think your perfect movies are. It'll tell you something about who you are as a person. I love a movie to look beautiful. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, like it's a common theme in all of my movies that I say are perfect is that they look stunning. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, and I know that's one aspect of movie making, but you know, I wouldn't say that Glengarry Glen Ross is a stunning movie visually. No, not visually. It looks great. I would say it serves the story. Yeah. But I, it doesn't stun me visually. Right. Right. I would, say, and when I look at my list, I would say that uh, I enjoy uh, dark and depressing dick flicks. That's sort of my. <laughs> that's my. And the occasional thing. date film. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you run the gamut. Yeah. <laughs> you soup to nuts on this, buddy. <laughs> you do the whole deal. No, I guess I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anymore. So. All right, so I, I wanted to save this one for last. This is, to me, the most perfect movie. 
uh, they'll obviously I'll get some backlash on this, and I expect it. Uh, and I'm doing the little finger thing, like come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with it. Okay. But written by our guy, so I wanted to make sure we got our guy on the list, which uh-huh. we did a couple of times. Yep. Fantastic. Yep. Um, movie uh, circa 1987. <laughs> I think you know where I'm at with this. The, the maybe my favorite movie of all time, and I think the most perfect movie of all time, uh-huh. The Untouchables. Yeah. 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 It's I a, mean, can you argue with it? I can't. Of course not. I love that movie. It creates its style and then it it keeps you in that f- for the duration without ever letting you go. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. It's great. One yeah. one of the great scores of all time by Ennio Morricone. Co- I mean, of course, of course. Just Yeah, it's So a great yeah, movie. 87 one, one Oscar for the film that was the best actor in a supporting role. <laughs> um <laughs> It was nominated for costume design, which, you know, it's, it's like you can order all the Armani suits you want. Uh, <laughs> does that, I don't know if that gets you a nomination. Maybe it does. And those hats, you got to have the specials, you know, like uh, <laughs> G-Man hat on yeah, everybody. Yes. You know that thing? Yeah, yeah G-Man hat. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was only nominated for original score, which I think is it's a robbery. Yeah, oh, it's a great it's score. It's a robbery. Such a great score. The opening, I, I'll never forget sitting down in the theater and watching the opening credits of that movie because the, the score uh, and the visuals are good too, but the score, just that that just pumps Incredible. me up every time. Yeah, it's just Incredible. so good. Yeah. Do-do-do. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, just that's all so you good. need. Yeah. That or like... <laughs> and yeah. then you're, you're in it. You're yeah. in that movie. It's incredible. Oh, it's great. Incredible. So a uh, couple of couple of little tidbits. Oh, by the way, De Palma, you know, uh, our guy, we've talked about him a bunch. Yeah. You love Body Double, do you not? I do. Yeah. Um, Carlito's Way, we both love. Scarface. Right. You, I mean, I don't, nobody loves it, but it's it's an enjoyable <laughs> film. Yeah, it's an enjoyable romp. In Written by Oliver Stone, which I yeah. didn't know until very recently. He He's a voice in the movie, too. I think he has like a little voiceover or something in there. Get the fuck um, out of here. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And then written by, uh, it's it's written by Mamet, obviously, the screenplay. But the writing credits include a fellow by the name of Oscar Fraley and Elliot Ness, who wrote a book together called The Untouchables, which the then the TV show was based on, which then, you know, sort of extrapolated into a, another TV show in the 90s and this movie and, right. and, a, and a bunch of other st- stories. But, um, yeah, there's this story that goes, um, uh, Elliot Ness was offered... $2,000 a week. Um, and the way Compone stated it, he was like, there'll be $2,000 bills on your desk every Monday morning if you turn the other way on this. Oh, that's a lot of money uh, back in those days. Is it, it, it equates to $30,000 a week. Wow. Like, that's not bad, right? Not bad at all. <laughs> it's good work if you can get it. <laughs> yeah. Elliot Ness being the mensch that he is said no, obviously. And that's where the scene in the movie comes from. Like, you fellas are untouchable. Is that it? Right, right. Um, and... He, uh, and then um, Elliot Ness dies a broke man at 54, unable to pay for the, the medical benefits that he needs. Oh, my God. How, uh, Isn't that horrifying? That's not justice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he do- doesn't take the bribe. You think, like, in Hollywood, that means he just becomes a Superman. Right, right, yeah. No. But no, he should have taken the goddamn bribe. <laughs> <laughs> Let somebody else worry about Capone. Feed your kids. Oh, what my the fuck? God. That's horrifying. Yeah. That's terrible. 
But some fun little tidbits about the movie itself. Um, the baby in the carriage at the train station, yep. ba-dump, ba-dump, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. That is the stunt coordinator's baby. Oh, great. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. Like, no better way to say you sign off on the stunt than to put your own baby in harm's <laughs> way, right? <laughs> right? I mean... Yeah, and that kid obviously has it in his blood, so <laughs> might as well, like, you know, start learning yeah, about no. it early. I love it. I yeah. love it. Um Robert De Niro tracked down Al Capone's original tailors and insisted that they make his costumes for the film. Wow. Isn't that fun? That's that's authentic. Good work if you can get it, I guess. Yeah. Um, he also insisted at the same time on wearing the same style of silk underwear that Al Capone wore that he heard f- he heard about that from the tailors. <laughs> and the filmmaker said, but that'll never be on camera. And... Robert De Niro said, "Well, then neither neither do I have to be," and they acquiesced. Well, that's getting a little method now. I think. I think. Yeah, I think method acting is canceled. Can- <laughs> you're canceled. <laughs> I don't go anywhere without the proper shorts. <laughs> I want those underwear now. I want them put on my body. I want them silk like Capones. <laughs> like what? Really? Uh, yeah, just anyway. So ne- that there you go. Never, never stop fighting until the shorts are worn. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so there you go. That's my. That's those are my Johns. That's a great one. I love the Untouchables because it's a, an excellent choice. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably so my favorite movie of all time. How about that? All right. If I had to pick one. Yeah. Great movie, no doubt. Yeah. This was so much yeah. fun, and it was it was hard, but it was really it's just fun to walk through like a lot of great movies. Worth the effort, I would say. I think so, too. Really fun. Yeah. All right. Well, Silence. sir. <laughs> well, sir. <laughs> we, 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 we have no ending. No, this was a mini-sode. Just a tiny, short one. Oh, right. A schlepisode, if you will. Episode, that's right. We just slept around with perfect movies as, yeah. our, as our dimly lit torch. That's all we did. That's all we did. But that's we'll all it's be, doing. We'll be back soon with some regular episodes, too, you know, like we did. Yeah, very soon. Yeah. So... Hope you enjoyed this. And by the way, uh, get at us on Twitter with your f- top five perfect movies because I'd Ooh. love to see what our listeners think are perfect movies. Or if you have beefs with any of our choices, uh, yeah. I'd like to hear that too. Or if you yeah. confer with any of our choices, then we I'd like to hear that too. Totally. Yeah, You're so. ready ready for a Twitter war, ready <laughs> to answer any <laughs> answer any call that might come my way. <laughs> You're always ready. Let's always ready, John. Always, <laughs> always ready. ready. All right. Well, thanks, Zumbo. This was fun. Hey, thank you, pal. And thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. Talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. What would David Mamet think? What would David Mamet think?